The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to the another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat, and you can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting as always from the Borough of Kings. Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. Alrighty then. Uh, and you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network at CSPN.us. Do it today. Oh, so why am I trying to read the exact channel that I'm on? That's that's, that's good good work, I'm sorry, I tell you. Uh, you can also find us on um, your podcast virtual place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five-star reviews. Do that. Um, okay, come on. Do the thing. There you go. Sorry, folks. Doing one too many things. Spinning pots here. Um, anyway, we're going to get into, because uh, I can save the rest of that for later, but we are going to get into spoiler-free recaps of uh, and uh, Star Wars Andor Episode 8 and our impressions on uh, Tales of the Jedi, which I'm going to assume is Season 1. Right. Right. So, uh, you know... I don't want to say completely spoiler-free. Let's say a spoiler light. Okay. Just because we're a day out and, you know, out of respect for everyone who has not yet had the time or the inclination to watch uh, and or episode eight, there there are a few things that I might want to play, as in sound effects, <laughs> that might prove to be spoiler alerts. Well, it might prove to be spoilers, that is. So, you know, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell, but we're going to keep it as stupendously light as possible when it comes to actual spoilers. So the the mildest spoilers that are incoming in three, two, one. Go ahead. Um, well, first of all, uh, shout out to, to Benji Games 2 for the raid. Thank you very much. And thank you for coming through uh, to the Twitch channel. 
to, to, to watching the Chiefs channel and anybody else who's uh, coming through, whether you're lurking or not. All right, so, um, and also was going to say, I actually think I spoiled something earlier on, on Andor, but it, it's it's only a spoiler if you paying, paid attention to the Clone Wars. Because right. uh, someone from the Clone Wars shows up, but it's not who you think. I'm stop. Um, <laughs> it's not where you who you think. <laughs> Shout out to Madison. Right, but it is who you think if you if you are in if you're thinking in terms of Rogue One. So you know uh, this this person was bound to, to bound to come through, and that is uh, one Saw Guerrera. Hmm. I was about to say, I wasn't gonna actually say the name. Yeah, I what mean, I was good. What I was gonna do, uh-huh. you know, what I was gonna do is mm-hmm. do this. Noise. Deceptions. Because once you hear that, you know who we are referring to. Right. I mean, his his being on the show was, I, I want to say, had long since been said already. So you know, okay. it was just a matter of when he was going right. to show up. Right. Um, so it is, is it is a big spoiler. I mean, it's a spoiler, but it's not so much of a spoiler because, like I said, it's it's frequent to right. Rogue One. It's, kind of it was more like an expected cameo. Exactly. Right. So we do get an unexpected cameo in this, but Roddy Cat's going to talk more about you know kind of the, the sequence of the things that we see in this episode. Oh, you're referring to a certain person that shows up in a certain place that that is kinda, sure who's yeah. got a mixtape in another universe. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's got a SoundCloud link. I'm like, oh, my God, yo. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wait. Are we, are we may or may not be talking about the same person, but okay. Um, oh, see, we're not? We might not be. Holy cow. Like, you didn't realize that uh, that 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 uh, uh, a certain uh, ring bearer was, was Oh, yeah, around. yeah. Okay, so we are talking about, we are talking oh, about okay. the same person. Okay, now we're talking about mixtape. I was like, wait, when did that happen? <laughs> you don't remember? I don't remember. Oh, oh, wait, no, you're, you're, I know, okay. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. I, I had to remember another, another this movie. Is, what's yes. funny about this, folks, folks, you have to appreciate the fact that we are dancing around <laughs> keeping this as spoiler light as possible. Indeed. So that's why we're not dropping like overt references, but right. these references, if you are in the know, if you are in the know when it comes to genre, Right. And all the stuff that we cover here on the Comic Book Chronicles, you know exactly what I'm referring to. Right. I, I was going to say that this person has pretty much done the pop pop culture trifecta, uh, but I guess it would also depend on what you know. What is your makeup of this trifecta? Uh, right. Because as far as I know, this person it could be a trifecta. That. It could be a Mount Rushmore. It you is know, definitely a trifecta, but it's not. Yeah, because. Right. If you think of the one other property that, as far as I remember, that this person has not been in, he hasn't done that one yet, or at least that I can remember. But he's definitely hit, huh? Okay, well, see that that's a quadrilogy. Then it was like, uh, I mean, not quadrilogy. That's what I mean. Um, well, I was say, what, would we, what would the fourth one be? If we're the, talking Marvel, DC. Oh, DC. Yeah. Because uh, oh. I don't remember if he's done DC or not. Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and I guess Trek, but. Um, and track like it depends. Be the but, Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. But he's definitely he's he's made the rounds. Matter of fact, I guess this makes his second outing in, in one of the in the in, in the in Star Wars universe for certain. Right. So 
just to give you right. a, just a little bit of something, but without, yeah, without but saying hey, too much further, it, I was about to say I'm sorry to I'm sorry to linger yeah, no. on this because now I'm just like, hmm, do we just like put fantasy into one category because that throws in like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, hmm. well, fantasy I, magic, you know what I mean? Right. I was thinking current though, but I guess that still counts. Meaning yeah. currently act, act, actively going, I should say. Oh, no, I'm not even thinking about actively going because if right. you think about it, it's like, you know, like checking off like your nerd credentials, right? you know, your genre credentials, right. you know, some, some things go way back. Like if you think about it, uh, Liv Tyler has already checked off two of them. That's true. Yes. So, but anyway, I'm sorry, folks. We <laughs> definitely went on a tangent there because so, that's what we do when we're talking about stuff that we love on the Comic Book Chronicles. Indeed. So, yeah. So, uh, there's, I will, so I'll just go ahead and say that there is a few different stories that we get touched on. As a matter of fact, as, as I said earlier before the show, we get to see a lot of people that um, pretty much everybody shows up. Pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, Pix is back. We're glad to see her because wasn't sure we were going to see her again. Um, you know, uh, Vel and Cinta, good as always, looking good as always, Bix. Yeah, and and running like a motherfucker too. But anyway, um, um, so we get to see uh even uh Cass, Cassian's mom. She shows up for a second or uh, adopted right. mom. Who's or, not doing well? No, not doing quite well. But pretty much everybody, you know, pretty much everybody we have seen the, of the main cast has shown up uh, in this particular episode within different uh, parts uh, that seem to be all coming together, starting to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also get um, an update on what Cassian or what and where Cassian ends is at this point and what he's doing. Um, uh, and. Yeah, without going too far into that, yeah, he's not—he's not—he's uh, not—not not in the best place. <laughs> but um, some have likened the place he's in to another of George Lucas's old—well, I guess George Lucas's old, um, old uh, first video, uh, first movie. But I—I I guess I didn't make that reference right off the bat, but I can see it now. Either way, um, like I said, we kind of get updates on everybody, and um, including that one. I'm going to just call him Sniveling because even though he doesn't, the, the, the Cyril, the dude, yes, uh, uh, who I I really hope uh, something happens to him, like something bad. badly, yes. But right, he he's, seems the, to be he's, the, he's the character that we're all meant to hate, right? But he seems to be starting, potentially starting to fail upwards. Yeah. Um, because because basically what happens to him in in this episode. Yeah, I can't. I can't say that's just going to be the end of it, uh, and it's looking to be the the, you know, how that's been f- falling into place. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, for, 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 without giving up to any, you know, actual details. Like I said, the the um, the the two um, um, uh, guest appearances. Let's say one one expected, the other one not expected happen uh in two different places on the program like i was like oh huh weird i didn't think we were gonna get all of this in this one episode but here we are yeah yeah you 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 mentioned earlier prior to the show that this was a good episode for bringing for one updating us all on where most of the the storylines are 
right? right. We've, we've kind of touched upon several different sets of characters and locales. And this episode seems to be putting, you know, certain pieces into play and into position to set up what, you know, we've been talking about, which is the final three episode arc. So we're not quite there at the final three, but we're at the we're leading into the ninth episode, which ends this most recent three episode arc. So we'll see how we transition from this arc into the final one. Yep. Um, yeah, and we were talking about uh, before the show that whether um, Cassian is going to. Uh, stay where he is uh, up until he gets into that last arc or whether, you know, things is going to going to move for him. Right. Uh, prior to that, like I said, without giving it, giving up anything, I mean, you already know where he is if you've seen the last episode, but, the, but still, you know, right. You yeah. Like I, episode, like we said, we're trying to keep it as spoiler light as possible yeah. while giving us a chance to talk about how much, you know, we really like the show. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I have to say this has given us so much more reason to really appreciate what Rogue One gave us, which is a non-Jedi story. And we're, we're about to get into what everyone wants, which is Jedi. Yep. Right? You know, what the mainstream fans want, right? Because we've heard, because we've heard in recent days that Andor seems to not be catching on with the mainstream Star Wars fan. And that's unfortunate because they're missing out. And I, I appreciate where they are coming from. Because as a, a former role player, a Star Wars role player, like playing the role playing game, mm-hmm. I did not want to play a non-Jedi character. I yes. really wanted to play a Jedi character. Right. And that's usually how everyone else did not. Right. And I was the, I was the holdout. And I kind of messed up the campaign just a little by bringing a Jedi along, right? So they had to <laughs> tailor things just a little bit. Just right? low P, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone was a pilot. I'm like, come on, this is lame, right? You but, would be surprised to know that um, <clears throat> in certain um, Star Wars video games, people kind of felt that same way as you did. But right. they weren't not, were not given it. Matter of fact, you had to work pretty hard for it to get to that point. So and people were kind of upset about it until they just relented and said, "All right, fine, you can just go ahead and be a Jedi." <laughs> right, and I appreciate that. I do because you know I'm not a Star Wars novel reader, right? right? And I think this has proven to be, and and it obviously started with Rogue One. This has proven to be much more of an in-depth study of what the rest of the galaxy is going through. Mm-hmm. Right outside of the Skywalker saga, obviously right. Rebels gives us a great look into it, but that's still Jedi centric. Right, but yeah, if still think about it, it. Yeah. right, that's still Jedi centric, and so ultimate, you know, but at least Rebels gives you like that person, you know, like that that person who is a Jedi but in hiding. Right, this is obviously post Order sixty six, mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately what this what this series is is doing you know, obviously still being post order 66 is, uh, just giving us the sense of what Imperial, what Imperial oppression looks like in star Wars. Right. On the ground. Exactly. From a ground level, you know, regular person, non Jedi point of view. Mm -hmm. 
And see, I, and I will say this: it's been said before, and I know this this, this is a sentiment that some people, that a lot of people, don't like. But Star Wars, I love the Jedi's and the Sith thing. Great, it, it's it's a, it's a, it's it's the backbone of the whole of the whole universe. But there are more right. stories going on in the Star Wars universe, as we have seen with Rogue One and this, you know, and 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 lightly in Rebels and other places. Uh, I guess Resistance also counts in that, also. But I, I haven't seen Resistance to know to enough to know you know what the deal is uh for, for that one but nevertheless there's more stories going on in star wars universe than just uh jedis versus sith right and right. can be but, good stories right and that's what's funny like i said what's funny is that it just takes time for someone to appreciate that as you know like my primary my primary fandom is not star wars right right i know that for some people it is and it's those people who are much more readily adaptable to the non-Jedi stories. Right. Right. So it takes time for the people who get into it because they want a lightsaber or they want a lightsaber fight to get uh, comfortable with these types of stories. And I hope more people are getting comfortable with it because this Andor show is exceptional. Yeah. I think it's more than anyone thought it would be. And they're giving this story – plenty of room to breathe with 12 episodes yeah and like i said i'm i believe i probably said with the first episode i am looking forward to where it ends and how close to rogue one it's going to to end with right uh in that so but we shall see we still got a few episodes to go with that uh unless you got something else to say we can push on to tales of the jedi yes yes we will move on to tales of the jedi which is like a, a a a short anthology animated series and if i say one name or one term you will understand the motivations behind these separate kind of they're not really shorts they're, they're longer than shorts i think uh, you know they're debatable right yeah, it's kind of borderline shorter, you know right, what i mean Right. Like if you think about it, like if, if it was um, a half hour show with commercials, it would be a half hour show. Like right. each one. I think these would. I think these would be considered shorts. These can be considered shorts. I, sh- I would say. Well, you know, like you said, it's debatable. I'm not going right. to debate it. Yeah. Point being, it's an anthology, yeah. right? Right. And what we have are these six episodes, and like I said, there's one name. In one term that basically defines these shows, Dave Filoni and the Filoni verse or the, the Filoni verse corner of the Star Wars universe. So <laughs> you know, that, that says time, yes. so much, right? It says so much right there just by saying those two things. And I guess I'll, 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 I'll let Roddy Cat pick it up from here, but what was enjoyable about this is one it gives you that taste of jedi stuff right Mm -hmm. lightsaber stuff force stuff all that stuff two it fills in some of the gaps that are in the prequel movies right between the prequel movies and clone wars right some of the gaps right they weren't necessarily necessary gaps that needed to be filled Maybe except for a couple of characters whose fate was left up in the air, but was actually revealed in a couple of these episodes. 
So I will leave that to I will leave it now to Rodicat to pick up from there. Fair enough. Um, so I will go for, so far as to say that you, if you have not watched uh, season seven of the Clone Wars, which is the last season of the Clone Wars, you may want to before watching this, because that because it will make at the very least a couple of episodes. Well, one in particular episode specifically. Um, it'll fill in so much about uh, or, or about that uh that said but yes like agent 70 said there are some key points of the um uh, uh of the or i guess shortly after some key points of um the clone wars that uh some of these uh a couple of these uh uh kind of dive into and even before actually now that i think about it because the, the whole middle section is kind of it's, i was about to say it's between episodes one and two right like either before, yeah, before the prequels, and you know, like Agent Seven just said, uh, after one and two, or between one and two. So right, um, right. there's some big gaps between one and two that are you know <clears throat> ripe for mining, story mining, and Filoni jumped right into one of them. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget the fact that Clone Wars pretty much starts before, like between two and three. Right, and also the Jindy. I, I feel like they also took took a slight bit from the D- Dindy Tartajowski uh, uh, Star Wars, just a little bit. But there, I, I feel like that is while it's not canon, is is still canon because I feel like if you watch that before you watch the Clone Wars, you will get some more, so much more out of uh, uh, you will get some more out of Clone Wars, especially with a couple of characters. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think that, that's probably on Disney Plus. Um, but yeah, you got six uh, shorts uh, that deal with two uh, force users. Uh, I'll go so far as to basically, say that, right. yes. Basically, yeah, basically revolves around two kind of main characters. Yeah, I would say I would say both in in their own ways fan favorite. One definitely, the other one is yeah, you kind of love to hate them, <laughs> right? But you know, you get to see uh, let's say a turn. A heel turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to see how one character... Actually, you get to see how... Definitely how one character gets to a certain place, but you also see that with the other character in mm-hmm. in different uh, time frames, I guess. I was very sad to see the fate of that one character that I was referring to. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's how that happened? I'm like, damn, yo. I know, I was too. I was like, that that didn't need to happen. <laughs> I'm like, and they showed, I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh. If you if you wondered the, uh, about a certain character. Um, a um, lot of us wondered. Yeah, because that kind of showed up and then was not, lo- was not there. Right. During the prequels. You will get the answer to that in one of these shorts. Mm, mm, so mm, mm. it was. A, I would say pour, pour one out for for this character. I'm not going to say the set of names, but yeah, seriously, seriously. I mean, um, this is one of those times when I kind of sympathize with what uh, Anakin is feeling when he says this. <laughs> yeah, indeed. In fact, in a way, some of that kind of comes into play with the with that last one. Yeah. Um, but also, so I, like I was telling Agent 70 real quick uh, before the show, I had just finished, I did 
finished watching. Uh, I did watch uh, season seven of the Clone Wars before I watched Tales of the uh, Tales of the Jedi, and uh, I do I I appreciated it the way that it ended, even though I was like, wait, this is how they ended it. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to die. So it was like, okay, but and I was like, okay, and just like I was telling the agents, I was like, wait, there's some more questions I had about a, a couple of characters near the end, and Tales of the Jedi kind of gives us an answer with one with with, with those two two um uh characters but still we're all going to burn we're all but, going to die but still uh questions are still left which as we were talking before the show may possibly be addressed maybe in the next season of tales of the jedi because i can't imagine where else this would show up right uh, we know Ahsoka's show is also coming up, uh, and that might—I mean, people know Ahsoka's one of the Jedi's because it's—it's it's in the—it's in the trailer. But um, Ahsoka probably won't answer anything from here or from anything that's uh, probably if it's going to answer anything, it's going to come from Rebels, right? Uh, right, because that's the—that's the sequence that they're going right. to be working with. That's the time frame. Right, so I and I'm only saying that so you shouldn't expect something like that to kind of come from anything from this and anything else. I also kind of mm-hmm. had a problem with the fact that why was the fact that um, but I think I get it. Um, why was the fact that um, uh, She Hulk was on Thursday and Andor was still on Wednesday when they just dumped all of the uh, Tales of the Jedi on uh, on on Wednesday, which I get because like I said, the way they put it out it was like okay, fine, I I get it. Because they weren't putting it in like um like a show show, right, 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 right. I was gonna say maybe Wednesday is just Star Wars release day. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was just guessing at that. One. Yeah, no. Because if I say because after all the Marvel shows that have uh that, that have come out moved on around, today, yeah, yeah uh, that have come out on Wednesdays to date. So I don't know. Yeah. Either way, it's very weird. Very weird. Yeah, but e- either way, I mean, it's, it's irrelevant now because She Hulk's already out of the way. So. <laughs> But it still didn't make any sense as I was as I was uh, watching Andor and you know in the run up to this uh, show. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about Tales of the uh, Jedi outside of the fact that it's good and you should watch it. Oh, absolutely! I think it's excellent, and it's I think I don't know if it's vital to the story, but as Roddy Cat mentioned, that uh, it definitely helps to fill in some of the gaps, and it helps to have watched. <clears throat> all of clone wars before watching it it definitely does and i'm glad because finally finally roddy cat finished watching clone wars i didn't want it to be over folks i didn't want it to be over and now it is <laughs> you know but final that's yeah. all i gotta say finally yeah like um yeah that's pretty much it because like anything else anything else i could say about the show would probably go into uh spoiler territories but you wanted to see some more of some people, you got it. Um that being said, uh, I think do you have a House of Dragon House of the Dragon recap or Oh, thanks for reminding me. Mm-hmm. That was nuts. Such an incredible final episode that sets up, you know, I have to say this is something I I I said to a dear friend who I wasn't sure if she was keeping up with House of the Dragon. I know that we had talked about it. I said, look, out of 10 episodes, the last two really make up for the first eight. Like, they're worth the first eight. So the last two really make the the, the, the kind of slog to get through the first eight is just worth it. And this last episode 
proved to set the stage for the coming, basically the, the coming war, um, uh, that that's going to follow kind of a, uh, uh, a civil war as it were. So it's a great episode. I definitely think that if you are even mildly interested in fantasy and genre at all, you take a dive into this. There isn't not, there is not uh, nearly as much of the sex that was, and I, I think they made a conscious effort to, 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 to pull back from that as there was in the, uh, the OG game of Thrones. There's obviously a lot more palace intrigue here. That's obviously the center of the show, but we also get lots of, uh, action when it comes to dragons. And that was, you know, obviously one of the big attractions of this show. And we get lots of action sequences involving dragons in this episode. And it's great. So, uh, you know, if you have not yet watched house of the dragon or hot D as I get, uh, as I always have a juvenile laugh, whenever I use that acronym, if you have not yet watched hot D then you should watch it just just to get to those last two episodes because those last two episodes are really well done. Lots of excitement. Alrighty then. And with you that, then... So I was about to say, talk oh, about sorry. the season really kind of ending on a crescendo. That right. That's really a, a great thing. Do we know when it's coming back? I don't know dates? offhand, but, right. uh, you know, it, it won't be long. My understanding is that they're already filming it, but I could be wrong. I think I might be thinking of Lord of the Rings. Mm. And I was about to say I had a date in mind, but I think that's Bad Batch. So I'm just not going to say what I was about to say. Um, and with that, uh, we're done with the recap stuff. So you can, you can, you can un-earmuff now. But we are going to get into the books of the week, starting off with... Uh, Axe Judgment Day number six. Axe Judgment Day number six. As I scroll up to my part of the sheet, this is number six of six. So this is the last issue of the limited series proper. My understanding is that there's an Omega issue. Yep. That kind of puts the capper on the story and takes us into the next steps of the Marvel story, the Marvel Universe story as a whole. This issue is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Valerio Schiti and Ivan Fiorelli, or Yvonne Fiorelli. Colors are by Marte Gracia, and letters are by VCs Clayton Cowell. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell because I have some thoughts on this that definitely uh, divulge some of the things that happen here in this issue. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell. So if you want to tune away and not find out what necess- what transpired during the last issue of Axe Judgment Day number six, you may want to fast forward. So here we go. Spoilers incoming in three, two, one. Spoilers incoming. So guess what, folks? That mantra, that maxim that Marvel has always stuck by that being creating the illusion of change is generally held to in this story. That's the spoiler that I am willing to divulge. Okay. 
That you works. know, I don't know if I want to talk about like all the details, but at the end of the day, we have the illusion of change. Now, when I say mostly kept to, there is a somewhat major character that seemingly, seemingly may not make it out of the story. Someone who was in a recent movie. Yes. Yet, yet it is comic books. Nothing is permanent. Except for uh, Uncle Ben. And uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, Ben Foster. I was about to say, Bill Foster, Bill kind, Foster. Of, kind of makes an appearance this week. Wait, and where? Strange. Wait, I read Strange, but I don't remember. Oh. I, I, you know what? I didn't take it. That's we'll get to that. Re- we'll get to that's that. not a yeah. full return. It's not a full return. It's definitely but we not. We do at least get a reference. Yeah. Okay. If I'm, if I'm thinking about the same thing you're thinking about, I can see that, but I wouldn't, I didn't even take it anywhere near that. But we'll get to that in a, in a, in a few. Um, I'm like, as, it's him. Uh, yeah. I guess that was, but like I said, I didn't, I really didn't. That's not him. It's not him. No, it's not but, him, him. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's been a thing in Strange. But like I said, we get to that. Uh, but yeah, Axe Judgment Day. I don't know. Um, like we still have the Omega uh, issue to go, so it's not over yet. However, the main part of the story, you might as well, I, I, you might as well say that um, the last half of this book was pretty much getting into epilogue territories, and I'm not sure. <clears throat> Uh, I'm sure the the uh, Omega episode will probably continue down that road, but for the most part, uh, the dust has is settling. Uh, mm. As Agent Seven said, the things are getting back in place. Uh, you know, not fully without repercussion because there's still some some still some uh, some damage to be controlled. Um. But uh, you know that that'll that will you know that will shake out in the wash, surely. Um, and yeah, like I said, we, we kind of left things as uh, as uh, slightly different. Let's just say some some secrets. The 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 only other big secret that uh, from the world is out at this point, right. which I wasn't expecting to happen. But I guess it was like okay, because we kind of started this off with a big secret being told. Uh, so I guess it is only right that another big secret uh, comes to light for what it's worth. Because I feel like it's it's still kind of one sided on you know how uh, even though there, there there are some steps being made to kind of uh, balance out what has already been done, but you know it still feels a little one sided. I feel like there's still going to be some one sided hate <laughs> mm. uh, going forward. So, yeah. Yeah. And surprisingly, uh, there are some real developments from the Hawks Pox or the, the current uh, X-Men books. Right. Uh, you know, coming out of this, there's some real developments, you know, because if you think about it, this book and we've talked and we kind of jokingly talked about it, but it's the truth. This was pitched as. X-Men versus Eternals with the Avengers kind of being caught in the middle. And that's really what happened. Hmm. The, 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 the ramifications in this story really fell on the sides of the Eternals and the X-Men with the Avengers kind of just being caught in the middle. And so there is not 
nearly as much of an effect on the Avengers as there are on the other two groups. Right. Yeah, and that, there's pretty much not much else to say about that without giving anything, you know, the exact, uh, exact away. So uh, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, there it is. Like that, I'm, we're not sure what the, out, what the Omega issue is going to give us, and there's, I believe, probably still a couple of tie-ins to go, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but outside of that, I think so. Just because the publishing schedules got screwed up a little bit, you right. know, things fall behind or whatever. So, right. at the end of the day, we probably do, still do have some uh, some tie-ins left to to read. Probably a couple, yeah. But outside of that, yeah, we're, 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 it's pretty much uh, in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, we can push on to another. What's next? How about we do something out of the ordinary for at least me? And talk okay. about Star Trek number one from IDW this week. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's because everything else that we have is I think we have almost everything here in common, maybe except for like I read the Moon Knight annual and I know that Roddy Cat read a couple things that I did not read. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can cover most of that stuff in uh, rapid fire. But let's talk about Star Trek number one, because this was something that i was hesitant to look at but i'm glad i did it was the last thing i read i read it earlier this evening just before the show so it's relatively fresh in mind uh star trek number one it's published by idw it's written by colin kelly and jackson lansing former guests of the comic book chronicles with art by ramon rosanas colors by lee luffridge and letters by freelancer in this case clayton cowles and I will just say, and I, I you know, Roddy Cat is our resident uh, trekker. I know the term is not trekkie. It's trekker. Okay. Roddy Cat being our resident trekker, at least, you know, I don't, I don't know how he compares with uh, PCN underscore Derp. And yeah, I, I know that, uh, what's that? I was about to say, yeah, Derp's probably, the, Derp might have a little bit more on me, but I think we're, we're, we're fairly comparable. Right. Yeah, I was about to say. I was going to say it's probably uh, you guys are probably peers when it comes to being trekkers, right? Mm. You know, more so. You guys have much more knowledge on Trek with regards to Trek as opposed to myself and at Tim Dog ninety eight. So, I will say though that one of the draws for this story is that it firmly sits in an area of time that in the Star Trek timeline that i am comfortable reading about it firmly sits in that time of post next generation post deep space nine but what's great about this is that and actually i think post voyager because uh maybe i guess yeah i guess that's right that's i guess that's a about right right so ultimately it involves as a crossover event which is awesome right it involves several characters from the aforementioned shows and at this point i'm going to leave it to the resident trekker to talk about the story but i wanted to talk about why i read it and why i appreciate this and i think roddy cat is going to agree with me when i say this is a potential click of the week Absolutely. In fact, I do have it in my notes as such. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, we have talked about this in, in passing about this was a thing and it's going to be um, 
a, a pairing or a, a grouping of various Crit Trek uh, teams uh, uh, going into this. And the story, interestingly enough, um, I don't want to say it's plausible because it's, it's it is still a sci-fi show, so your plausibility kind of you know kind of goes a a certain way. I would definitely say that it's plausible right, for Star Trek. Yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> but even but even then, like something like this never really happened between the shows. Like, yeah, you might have had a character or two go from one show to the other or may show up on one show, you know, as a, as a one-off or as a one-off thing, but they never really did it. It's not to the extent of this, put it that way to where this is going. So yeah, we have a team that's made up of, um, uh, of, of various, uh, Star Trek folks. Um, I would say of every, um, every show, prior to let's say discovery uh, st- uh strange new world i will say there's two characters i'm not too, too terribly familiar they could be new uh or they could be from there but there is definitely one of them definitely has a callback to a uh to um uh like enterprise slash uh um uh you know uh original series uh type stuff uh, Benji Games Two says I should have picked this one up. If you're a track, if you're if you're a track fan, especially uh, let's say TNG, DS Nine, um, that era, I think you will probably appreciate this book. There's a lot of references. There, um, I mean, even you know, there's some there's some reference to uh, uh, TOS also in here. I was halfway expecting there to be an animated series reference or or two or someone, but that didn't happen. So you know, didn't quite go the whole gambit, but. The the book is still young, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. Nevertheless, like I said, there is a a mission that uh, has to do with, and if you're watching the video version of the show, you can see the cover and who's involved. Uh, the the return of one Benjamin Cisco, uh, which has been in the news. Uh, the Cisco, he, it's the Cisco. Yes, the Cisco is back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for reasons he barely knows. But he has a thing in mind that is leading him on, leading him to do. Now, the funniest thing about this mission, is, without giving too much away, is he ends up having to go to someone um, for help, and that part was to me at first until the explanation happened was not pl- didn't seem all that plausible to me because uh, if you think about, and if I said a name, if you think about the the. Um, if you think about how he's their with this mutual person, history, right? Their yes. mutual history, their interactions. Exactly. Yeah. Then you would think that this would not happen, but it makes sense. And that's what I enjoyed about it. I was like, okay, you know what? That at first it didn't make any sense until that said something. I was like, still think, don't think it would have happened that easily, but it did. <laughs> and it, but it still makes sense. Well, what I was going to say is I think they <clears throat> achieved these two characters achieved, if not detente, at least a mutual respect and they, yes. which they always had, right. right? But obviously, with you know, Worf uh, uh, serving on DS Nine and 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 whatnot, it it I'm I'm sure there was an evolution that we never saw on DS Nine. Right. Well, the beautiful part about it is, like I said, because of how it's explained here, they found themselves having common yeah, they ground. found themselves a, a legitimate reason. Right, and it's on co- they have common ground in that, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in different ways. So. 
So yeah, so I will go so far as to say that at this point, um, as Agent Seven has said earlier, yeah, like yeah, there's even some 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 Voyager um, involvement going on here. There's a lot of references to uh, things, of course, you would you would just, uh, find in the Star Trek books such as this, and uh, without giving any of them away. Uh, there's some good ones if you have a pretty decent history with Trek, I will say. Sure. Um, some not-so-deep cuts, some kind of deep cuts. Uh, and that's what's important. Right. Because if everything's a deep cut, then people like <clears throat> me won't get it or we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be racking our memories trying to figure it out because, you know what, folks? Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. So... At the end of the day, I really appreciated this comic. I'm going to be keeping up with it going forward. So, uh, you know, that's a rare thing for me when it comes to these Star Trek books. You know, yeah, you know, I, was... I generally kind of sit back and let Roddy Cat go on about the start, the various Star Trek books that get published. But this is something that is up my alley because it's it speaks to me as you know, like it's it's kind of geared towards people like me who are you know fans but not Trekkers. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Um there was something else I was, I was going to say on that note, but I don't remember what it is. Uh so it's probably just as well that we move on. In that I will reiterate what I said in that uh one click of uh potential click of the week. I'm not this is a potential, not a not an actual click just yet. We'll right. see. Um Oh, there was a line said from one of the characters, by the way, that was like, wait, they're still saying that in the 24th, 24th slash 25th century? <laughs> and, or What line is that? Uh, you'll love to hear it. Oh, I didn't even, I, I did not even bump on that, to be honest. Nah, it just was like, it was just like, okay, that, that you know, it, like I said, it's just something I noticed. I, I wasn't bristling too hard on it, but I was like, it was just funny to see in a Star Trek mm. book. So... Mm-hmm. I but nonetheless, but yeah, but nonetheless, uh, fun, uh, fun to be had. I'm also looking forward to um, to the next book. I was looking up to see how many uh, issues this book was because I believe this is a mini series. No, it's ongoing. I'm sorry, it is ongoing because I think that was in the um, thing. So I hope it picks up and has legs because I would like to see uh, this continue to go because some of the other Star Trek books like Shattered um, uh, uh, Shattered Mirror, not Shattered Mirror. That's the the, the Transformers one, but. Um, the Mirror War stuff it was still it was some pretty good Trek. Uh, we even got mirrored to TNG, so that was some very good stuff. Um, and but they seem to be keep on going with that, and I hope that this continues to do the same thing. Uh, that being said, we can move on to something else, though. Sure, sure, sure. So, what's next? How about we do one more book before we go to rapid fire? Because, you know, we definitely have several books in common. Uh, do you want to cover Strange Academy finals? It was either going to be that or Strange. So, yeah, let's do uh, Strange Academy. All right. Strange Academy finals number one is written by Scotty Young with art by Umberto Ramos. Colors are by Edgar Delgado and letters are by VCs. Clayton Cowles here working under the umbrella of virtual calligraphy in the Marvel, you know, in under the employ of Marvel comics. So, uh, I will say that this is a welcome return to uh, the students. I don't want to say necessarily the halls 
of the Strange Academy per se. Well, we do we do return there, but we have been away from the students of the Strange Academy for a little while. And what was great about the opening, let's say, four pages of this book is that it served as a nice little recap of what's been happening over the last, you know, essentially over the last several arcs of the book. You know, because there are there were two arcs, if I'm not mistaken, right? Two volumes, that is, of Strange Academy. Correct. And it was basically pretty much the last volume of, of the... Right. Uh, right. So that second of. volume is what's recapped here. And I appreciated right. that because, as I've said before, we read a lot of comics, folks. And, you know, while we have a ton of comic book knowledge at our fingertips and in our in the recesses of our brain, sometimes when it comes to this recent stuff, we're always reading so much it's hard to remember. So I appreciated the recap in the first four pages. But as I said, it's nice to get an update on what's happening here. And I really like the heel turn of one of these characters that, uh, you know, was teased and is now not fully formed, but definitely stepping into that direction. And we also get, uh, as I said, a, a, a little bit of, um, a little bit of a look into what's actually happening in the halls of the strange Academy. So that is a bit of a spoiler. When we talk about, if you're not up on the, uh, on what's happened at the end of the second volume, that there has been a, a fracture in the student body of the strange Academy. Someone and that say, is something that we delve right into in this. I'm, I'm, I, I, my understanding is that this is a limited series, although we don't have an indication of what number of issues we uh, of the number of issues we're going to have unless you do no i don't um some would say there might be a civil war going on exactly well like i said this fracture yeah in the student body so you know at the end of the day they very they may very well be uh looking to uh face each other at some point yeah that part is not not necessarily known but yes and uh, to go back about what you said about the the heel turn of a character, I still I still think just like I said, coming out of the um, the, the last volume of the book, it seems to be coming out of nowhere. Like because it seems strange for this character to kind of take this turn. So I'm assuming there's something something else involved that may have something think- to do with what's on her. But you think you think it's not just like teen angst? No. That's no. how they're playing it. Yeah, but I feel like no, it's I think it has something to do with what's what something she's dealing with. Um I mean, that, that's listen, probably going to be the cause of it. I'm more than willing to 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 entertain that option because it's more than plausible. Right. You know, it's more than plausible, but ultimately as I've said and I'm going to continue to say, right? Even though we definitely dance around this about us being of a certain vintage, right? We also oh, yeah, get too old for this shit. And maybe, just maybe, it's all about the teen angst. So you know, either way, we'll see where this, where Scotty Young and Umberto Ramos and the other and the rest of the creative team take the story. Yeah, I don't know. To me, that feels like dying of a heartbreak. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like really? That that that's what you're putting this on? Uh, which not everybody. Oh, no. 
Boy, wow, that's the had... first time I've used that twice in an episode. <laughs> Boy, I wish they had addressed that part in Tales of the Jedi, but nevertheless, or, yeah, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the, 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 yeah, that's it. The, the whole thing with this character still feels out, out of left field and, and has nothing, and can't be just, I, I, I refuse to believe that that's it. Um, the funny part about this, there was a thing that happened when they cut back to the school that I was kind of wondering whatever happened. So there was a lesson being taught by the Scarlet Witch, um, about perception reality, something she knows a pretty good bit about. And there right. was a student that, uh, that she involves in the lesson at first. Cause I was, uh, cause right before that happened, I was like, are they going to do anything for this student? Because this student is just pretty much just there out there. Yeah, um, and sure enough, that ends up, you know, being part of the lesson. And it was like, okay, good. I don't know if that's going to stake, but I appreciate them addressing that. Right, right. It's nice that they looped that particular student into the story the way they did. Right. Because this, yeah, because yeah, every time we see this, this, this character, it's like, they're just kind of on the outs. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of. Literally. Just, yes, exactly. Just kind of. They're there. on the outside, literally. Exactly. So it's like, uh, okay, come on, can't 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 be can't be this character like that. I was about to say her name, but I was about to say if you know the if you know the the characters of the book, then it probably wouldn't make it that much of a difference. But you may even agree with us. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see what where this takes uh, takes us. And I don't know. I, I Agent Seventy and I both love Strange Academy. I think it's safe to say that. Um, so any seeing any more of this book uh, is is always a treat. Um, and I'm hoping that the fact that it says finals doesn't actually mean it's going to be like all we're going to get of the story. Right. It's hard to say. It's just hard to say. Right. What's great about this is that there's obviously the, 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 about this concept is that there's obviously room for more, whether or not they graduate them at some point, you know, well, it, it remains to be seen. Right. So, all right. So I guess, do you want to do one more book or do you want to go into rapid fire? I kind of want to do one more book since we're kind of already right. in the strange, we're already in the strange, uh, part of the universe. I figured we might right. as well go ahead and do that one. All right. So strange number seven is written by Jed McKay, who, at least according to my list, and I think Roddy Katz as well, wrote, th- or no, according to my list only, wrote three of the books I read this week. I believe that's true. Yeah. Right. Yes, actually, that is true. Right, three of them for me, um, because you know the one book that I do not have in common for Roddy Cat, I you know is not is also written by Jed McKay. Right. So, Strange Number Seven is written by Jed McKay with pencils by Marcelo Ferreira, inks by Roberto Poggi, uh, colors by Hava Tartaglia, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So. This issue is go, comes right on the heels of Strange Number Six, and finds us uh, dealing with the revelation of the previous issue of the fate of the previous Sorcerer Supreme of this dimension, and what 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 that what the fate of that character has become right there's a lot of exposition being you know uh you're kind of filling in a lot of the gaps of how we got to this point you know as you know because of the reveal 
from last issue. And this is where that cameo appearance of that uh, character who Roddy Cat threw in, uh, Bill Foster, occurs. And I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat. So, yes. Um... The, the the main crux of this book is uh, the, of this issue is that uh, there's a lot of as Andrew said there is a lot of exposition because there's some things that that needed to be hashed out between the two characters involved that being Clea and the Harvest Man um, right because of uh, said revelation but also uh, as I say in my notes it still stands as an interesting metaphor for their relationship that things are the way they are at this point. And we also get uh, the conditions of why things are the way they are. Right. Uh, so that is saying that potentially we can see a reversal or an, an ending of this at some point, whether depending on how long Jed McKay and crew and possibly sales bear it out. Uh, mm-hmm. to be this right. Way. The potential is there. The potential right. has been established. Or they could tease it out until the next uh, Doctor Strange movie, who whenever that might be. We, who's who's even to say? Um, who knows? But the one thing we did know is like, um, as Agent Seventy said earlier, actually, yes, things that end up happening in the Marvel Universe don't always stick. Right. Uh, and this potentially is one of those where things can kind of get back, it, it, at some point, get back into status quo um, at some point. But we are Treated into a with a pretty decent story, I think, because Clea becoming the the social stranger, uh, social supreme of Earth, uh, and the warlord of Manhattan, which is funny, um, has been entertaining so far. You know, like I said, they could kind of do some, continue to do some things with this uh, if right. if things hold hold up. You know, so they well, they've but, done a really good. McKay's done a really good job of really fleshing out the Clea character. Yeah, right, indeed. because. You know, like it or not, she definitely fell into that uh, that that category of character who was a love interest and not much more. Right. And Even we've though. gotten a lot of uh, depth and fleshing out of the character, not just in this limited series, but in some of the previous strange stuff. Right. But ultimately, much more so in this series because we've really seen how the character would interact with the 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 duties and the burden of being the sorcerer supreme and acting as a hero as opposed to what the characters uh normally had to deal with in the dark dimension right uh i would add that we do have a tease at the end of the issue uh of of revelations upcoming about the blasphemy cartel which is the concept that has been introduced in this series mm-hmm. so uh, we have an interesting follow-up to several um, old concepts that have reared their head that that, have, that has reared its head in not just this book but also in the recent uh, Ghost Rider series. That being a former Shield, a branch of Shield that dealt with magic. Right. And so, interestingly enough, it's. I wonder if that's a primer, the same way this is kind of a primer for the MCU stuff, you know, with uh, the introduction, spoiler alert, of Clea at the end of Multiverse of Madness. (laughs) 
I mean, right? possibly, right. Possibly, because, I mean, if you think about the last issue and how much they dove into that whole thing with that section of shields, like, yeah, they're, right. they're trying to do something with it. Right. So it's interesting that, uh, you know, that, that uh, um, you know, the, the concept has popped up in two different kind of mystic uh, Marvel books. Right. As, as a, to, to bring it back into a thing. Um, right. I found that end kind of interesting in another way because it calls back to a, some would say regrettable is not the word, but a, um, a Spider-Man, uh, a Spider-Man arc that, uh, people groan about and has gone so far as to made his way into a recent movie that has to do with this particular cartel and I found that kind of funny when I when I was because that's how, pretty much how I read it. If, if you know what I'm talking about, no. Basically, the the, the one member of the the one member of the Bless Me Cartel pretty much explained what they had to do to get to the position they're in and to make people not know who uh, make themselves lost to the world. Oh, okay. Yes, and that kind of reminded me of. Uh, of uh of that particular spider-man thing i was like so they so they did that to themselves in a way <laughs> got it got it got it got it got it um but nevertheless in this respect i was like okay it makes it's a good use of that uh and for reasons that they kind of go into and it makes sense in this context in that spider-man thing and the and the and the, also the movie you know you can say whatever with that Nevertheless, uh, Strange Number Seven is um, is pretty good. Jed McKay still continues to write some pretty good stuff, including uh, the couple of books that will be talked about uh, in, in a few, most definitely. And with that, I think we can get, go ahead and go to uh, rapid fire. All right, spinning it up, folks. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> Alrighty, first up is um, Amazing Spider-Man number 12. It's written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by VCs Joe, our favorite lettering Paisan, Caramagna. Interestingly enough, in this issue, again, literally follows up on the previous issue, the events of the previous issue, uh, there is a mystery here that kind of plays out over the course of the, over the issue. And we kind of get exactly what's on the cover, but the hint, the, 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 the spoiler that I, the mild spoiler I'll throw in is that we actually get a multiple of what happens on the cover. And uh, that's that's essentially what this story, this book, this issue uh, covers. So I'll uh, let Roddy Cat add uh, anything else. I was going to say, yeah, there was a, you might say there was a slight swerve in this issue uh, in the, because of the fact that um, while it does, you might think it goes one way and it might be one person and that's kind of what the last issue, uh, last couple of issues, uh, including this one, have been kind of putting forth. And they just said, "Well, 
it's not that much of a swerve in that it's it is who you think it is, but also it is who you think it is. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not sure how to feel about that part, but I'm I'm hoping they're going to do something with that, and then there's going to be a good explanation of that in the next uh, issue. So that's right. all. I As I said, multiples, folks. Yeah. Multiples. All right. Next up is Iron Cat number five of five. This is the last issue of this really fun miniseries. It's written by Jed McKay, another Jed McKay book for me, with art by Pere Perez. Colors by Frank Darmada and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. So, this has been uh, a, a Tony Stark centric black cat story. And I've always felt like this miniseries had, you know, kind of that dual focus because of, you know, kind of creating a reason for, uh, Tony and Black Cat to team up. Obviously, Jed McKay's done an excellent job of building a reason for it from the ending of the previous, uh, from from an event in a previous Black Cat miniseries. You know, by introducing the Iron Cat armor, and now we have a reason for that armor to continue to exist in the Marvel universe, and. Uh, I appreciate that, you know, by, you know, like, uh, uh, keeping that particular concept around. Um, but otherwise I thought that, you know, this was a, a, a fun little, um, story. I think we would both, and I, I don't want to necessarily speak for Roddy Cat here. I think we would both rather that Black Cat be an ongoing, but if we're going to consistently get these five or six issue limited series on a consistent basis from McKay with solid art by whoever it is that they pick, then I guess that's going to have to suffice. That's going to have to be enough for fans of uh, McKay's work on and work, work with the Black Cat character. Anything to add? Uh, no, you you pretty much said it. Yeah, they, there is a, a thing. I can't remember if you actually said it, but there is a loose end at the end of the issue that could potentially come back into something. Um, whether that is going to be the case or not, we don't know. But I, I assumed they left that out there for a reason. Right. So. That's right. It. Okay, next up for me is Moon Knight Annual Number One. It's also written by Jed McKay, <laughs> with art by Federico Sabatini, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So, in one word, and it's not really a spoiler because it's on the cover, folks. This serves as a reintroduction of a character that we have just talked about in the recent past who has a special, an eponymous special, on Disney Plus, introduced just in time for spooky season. That being Werewolf by Night. And this is, I don't want to say for sure, but I think this is the first time we've seen Werewolf by Night in a Marvel comic proper since that since the premiere of that episode, uh, the premiere of that special presentation on Disney Plus, uh, 
well, since that special, yes, but we we have yes. seen him before that, yes. Right. No, or, obviously. Let me you know, like, that we seen a ver- we seen another version of him. We're not this particular version. What what, what comic? Uh, he the, the, remember that taboo written uh, werewolf or not with the new werewolf? Oh, that's right. Yeah. you are correct. I stand corrected because I completely forgot about that because, as Roddy Cat mentioned, it is a different version of the character. Mm-hmm. The character that we talked about uh, that's featured in the eponymous uh, Disney Plus special Werewolf by Night is the character that appears in this book. So I'm glad that we were able to clarify that. Ultimately, uh, the story serves to reintroduce several concepts. One being... Uh, uh, Werewolf by Night to some uh, a, a major supporting character from Moon Knight's past, that being Marlene Allron, and that's a great little callback to older uh, re- for o- older readers of the Moon Knight mythos. And so it's kind of cool that we catch up with the concept of of, of her character and their history, which I did not know. I was very surprised to see some of the details that were revealed in this issue that are central to the plot of this issue that were revealed because I did not know them. So, um, you know, McKay, and one of the reasons why I read this, I'm not that big on the annuals. I haven't been, but anytime the main writer, the writer of the main book actually partakes in writing the annual, I try to keep up with that annual. I try to read that annual because I feel like there's a morsel of a story this part of that story is going to uh, mean something in the regular book at some point or in the main story of the marvel universe at some point it's not just a throwaway annual story the way a lot of the annual stories have been in the past so i would actually recommend it's not it's not like the the strongest recommendation but i know that roddy cat has been trying to keep up with moon knight so I would say it's probably worth a read just to see what McKay may be doing with uh, Werewolf by Night, you know, or at least where they where Marvel may be taking it, taking the character and the concept, and just to see how they uh, brought back uh, Marlene and some of the uh, older concepts. Indeed. Yeah, I plan on reading this uh, when I get a chance to. I didn't have a have a chance to, but I, I hope to get to it uh, uh, soon. All right. All right, what else you got? Next up is... No, that's it, actually, because oh. we covered the two Strange... Uh, the two uh, Doctor Strange-related books <clears throat> for me. All right. Well, then for myself, um, uh, we have... That's weird. Uh, flawed number two, which is um, the second of six issues, a, a miniseries done by Image Comics. Uh, uh, the creative team is a uh, hometown, uh, uh, I say hometown to me, I should say, uh, writer Chuck Brown, art by Prinzi, letters by Becca Carey. Um, so as we said uh, in the last issue, uh, we the we have a psychiatrist a uh, name uh, Jim Ez, who is pretty much a psychiatrist by day, vigilante by night, uh, who is on the trail of uh, someone called the Skinwalker, um, for who is also a serial killer. But uh, as we find out in this issue, uh, 
their paths and past uh, may have uh, may have some similar stories to it. If 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 this is going where I think it's going, especially with the the end of this issue, um, we have the side character of De- 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 uh, Detective Davis who has a run in with um, this the serial killer's uh, uh, help. Um, uh, at the beginning of the story, but then we, the rest of the issue is uh, uh, Jim kind of trying to get some information from this this one dude that she had um, um, uh, not necessarily stolen, you know, but he had pretty much uh, uh, kidnapped to get some information, let's just say, in order for her to get to the, the main uh, circular dude. Uh, she also has a... Um, a talk with a family member who apparently is in the same profession because, you know, sometimes, you know, who do doctors go to? Other doctors. Makes sense. Uh, in, and, but also in trying to get some more information. And apparently this, this family member has seen and studied. Um, <laughs> yeah, she definitely did. Um, she, she, this, this family member, let's just say it has a must have an appreciation for a Jurassic park because of a hobby she's into, uh, that we find out, uh, in the course of this issue, we'll probably get some more into that in, in later stories. Don't know. But, um, the, the fact that that was a thing that got brought up was interesting. Um, yeah, I would say it's worth uh, Benji Games too. I say it's worth picking up if you if you like that first issue of Flawed, then I think you'll continue to like this one, because um, it is continued to further that story. Uh, next book for me is, uh, and actually my last book is uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight number six uh, with the creator. Oh, actually, excuse me, it's not my last book. Sorry. Um, script and art by Sean Murphy, colors by Dave Stewart, letters by Josh Reed. Um, so interestingly enough, after the events of last issue, Harley gets to spend time with two of the guys that she has feelings for. How does she do, does that? And it's probably not in the way you think it is. Um, but that's it's a weird thing. But then Bruce messes it up because it's Bruce, of course, because he's still kind of broken. Uh, we have basically run-ins with uh, between Dick and Jason, Todd. Um, I guess we find a little tidbit about what Jack Napier is in this uh, in this particular story because uh, he should not actually be around in this universe anymore. But again, he is. Um, but yeah, there are some confrontations that happened in the midst of this, uh, in the midst of this uh, story, uh, and including one with, uh, Dick Grayson and one Derek Powers, who is pretty much the big bad guy here. Um, and I guess, well, also, uh, Derek Powers is dealing with, um, the transformation that he undergoes, which I believe if you are a fan of Batman beyond probably a, a, um, a little bit more familiar with than I am. Cause while I have watched some Batman beyond, uh, not, not that, um, uh, not that familiar with a whole lot of it. Uh, and at the end of this issue, it looks to be that a side, st- another side story issue or miniseries is coming down the pike, uh, because something happens to, a character in Batman's life, 
Whether it's fatal or not, we don't know. But um, we shall see in the next issue to come. And for my last book, which is actually my last book, Thunderbolts number three. Granted, I just skimmed this. I'm just going to put that out there right now. So I didn't, I didn't really have time to read the whole book. Um, because there's a couple of that I wanted to get to, but I didn't have time to get to it. I'm kind of upset about that, but I will definitely get to them uh, uh, later. Maybe I'll revisit them. Who knows? But uh, Thunderbolts number three starts off with a training uh, mission uh, with the team. Uh, well, actually, it starts off with a nice little, um, nice little um, moment with uh, with uh, Blue Marvel and uh, Mon Monaco Rambo, who are an item. Uh, and this, excuse me, uh, seemingly takes place after the current uh, Defenders Beyond um, miniseries, which uh, the fourth issue of that came out last issue. I mean, last week. Uh, that's a uh, that Blue Marvel has um, is is a part of, uh, but this seems like this is taking care of taking place after that because of something that he says to Monica, um, uh, before she goes off to do this uh, training mission with the team that ends up in a mission involving um, the Red Ghosts uh, uh, gorillas. I believe it's the Red Ghosts uh, who has the the. Uh, the the gorillas that uh, work for him, uh, but nevertheless, it kind of involves in that, and then of course we see um, Luke Cage kind of comes in. But also uh, after the mission happens, there is a butting of the heads of two lead members of the team, that being Hawkeye and uh, Monica Rambeau, and some words are exchanged because you know if they uh, from from what I last saw, if it got down into a powers match, <laughs> that'd be a problem. Um, wouldn't well, no, go make it out of there if, if, if some seriousness got got handed to it. But nevertheless, this book still um, is pretty good. But um, the creative team of the book is uh, writer Jim Zub. Uh, they have like guest pencilers and guest artists on the book. Uh, that being the penciler of Neto Diaz and uh, Victor Alazaba, who are guests on this book. But colorist is uh, Hava Tartagli, who I think has been on the book, and BC's Ariana Maher and Corey Pettit is doing the lettering on this. Um, oh, okay. Um, well, I'll get to that comment in a second, but first we are going to get into clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, we didn't get anything from our other co-hosts. Apparently. That's too bad. That's one of those. That's one of those weeks, folks. Yeah, I was expecting. I was expecting something from one of them, but um, but I guess I didn't have a chance to read yet. So, it's all down to us, folks. Uh, do you have yours? Or are you still thinking? I am still thinking, but I'm definitely leaning towards the one book this week that really stood out, uh, that we that we talked about earlier, and that mm-hmm. being Star Trek Number One. I'm really leaning towards it. I think the only other book that might come close, even though, you know, you know, uh, despite your misgivings about this uh, heel turn in Strange Academy finale or, you know, towards the end of Strange Academy finale, I really appreciated the fact that we got to revisit this group of, of characters, which, you know, oh, we, we've come to really uh, become fond of and, and want to uh, keep reading about. 
Um, I was definitely not surprised by the end of Axe Judgment Day. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, ultimately, as I said earlier, when we were talking about the book, you know, the illusion of change is always there. But there are a couple of things that do change. Um, so I think... I'm leaning towards Star Trek number one. You know what? I'm just going to uh, uh, just 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 uh, bite the bullet on that and say Star Trek number one from IDW this week is my click of the week. Surprise, surprise, surprise. This is. Where, yeah, is, that, this where is. is that from? What? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Gomer Powell. What's that? Gomer Powell. Gomer Pyle. Okay, surprise, I may have to get Surprise, I have to get the, surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, gotta, I, I may have to get... Uh, Actually, you know what? It's, I'm not that big a fan of that stuff. So, you know what? I'm just going to use that as a, um, that's a one-time reference, folks. I'm not getting that as a sound effect. <laughs> yes. Um, the things we think about. Um, I am just going to go ahead and say I also am going to do Star Trek uh, number one. Uh, we're old, folks, so, so references kind of come to us like that. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah. Star Trek number one is also going to be my click of the week because it was it was just that good. I'm out and as Agent Seventy has said a couple of times, I, I am a, a reasonably decent trekker, uh trekkie. Um there was some good stuff this week, and there was some stuff that I didn't get a chance to get uh, around to, uh, which probably would have changed that. Like the the two Jed McKay books um that 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 I did read that I did read were good. Um, you know, that Batman book was actually pretty good. That flawed book was also all right. Thunderbolts was kind of fun. I, I need to go back and reread it. I couldn't really give it to that because I kind of just skimmed over it and uh, whatnot. But uh, um, I, I was interested in what was going on there. Um, before we go on to the uh, the news section and then the first ad read, I'm just going to say this to get this from the uh, um, the uh, the Twitch chat. Uh, Benji Games Two said they picked up uh, they picked up a bunch of stuff. Apparently, uh, Creep Show Two, MMPR One Hundred One, Damn Them All Number One, uh, Stuff of Nightmares Number One. I see where you're going. You're in a you're in a Halloween mood here. Uh, Love yeah. Number One, um, all of which are Halloween tinged. Uh, TMNT, the the Armageddon game number two, which I've been meaning to read that book and I didn't read the uh, didn't. Uh, Double Nightfall featured number one, and there's uh, oh that that's right that Batman Hush special edition came out, mm-hmm. uh, and the Batman Mystery Casebook also came. out. I was too. gonna say I've read I've read most of that damn them all number one because we do try to read number ones here on the Comic Book Chronicles. I just mm-hmm. couldn't make my way through it. I'm not that big a fan of horror in general, right? But there's yeah. definitely some you know mysticism and and and, and a touch of fantasy in there. So, you know, I was able to appreciate it for that, but you know, I'm not that big a spooky season person. So, um, you know, when I kind of ran into a little bit of a, a reader's block, as it were, I jumped to Star Trek number one, you know, and I discovered that Star Trek number one was my cup of tea. So, um, that, that's, that satisfied my need for reading an actual number one issue this week. Gotcha. Benji also says uh, he's all about him. I live uh, live part of my life around him. I'm assuming uh, talking about the Halloween stuff. About the drives spooky his, season stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking about the drive his wife nuts. <laughs> or uh-huh. his wife nuts. I'm, I'm still not sure. Um, but nor am I, but seem to be liking it more in comics. 
I guess you're talking about the um, uh, Star Trek stuff. Sure. Okay, cool. With that, we are going to go into the news section. So let's get one ad read out of the way. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink. I need a drink right now, so you know I, I may I may step away and get and, and get some uh, uh, get something. Uh, Wink is your personalized wine club. It's a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Um, we're going to get into the news section, starting off with, like I said, I'm not sure. I had to figure that out, uh, Benji. So, um, we're going to get we into this. You, I was about to say, we appreciate you watching and listening and making yeah. sure we are on point. Absolutely. We appreciate it because we don't normally get that. Um, but we're starting off with cinematic news as we do about this time with some sad news. Jules Bass of Rankin and Bass fame, animator and director of Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman and various other uh, animated uh, projects of, from the 70s, uh, I guess 80s, um, is dead at 87. So uh, he passed away, according to his publishers. Uh, Variety brings the word of his death, confirming that Bass died Tuesday in Rye, New York, at the age of uh, 87, as I said. No cause of death has been given. Um, and then it just goes into the history of Rankin and Bass, who, if you're of a certain vintage, um, you know the name Rankin and Bass quite. That is a part of your childhood that you will never forget. <laughs> right. right, 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 right. So, right, right. Little Drummer Boy, Frosty Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, they just uh, done a lot of stuff, uh, and, and even produce some stuff you probably know. Rudolph the Red Nose Red Hood, you know, Reindeer. Right. All of that. All of that. Yeah, you'll recognize the names from the credits. Yes. Indeed. All righty. Next, Next up. Uh, Black Panther. Uh, this is a Black Panther uh, movie <clears throat> story. Wakanda Forever originally centered on T'Challa's evolution as a leader. So the original focus of the sequel to the first Black Panther movie was basically that you know that was the focus of the movie the evolution of T'Challa as leader of Wakanda and obviously once Chadwick Boseman the actor portraying T'Challa passed away everything had to change and they had to pivot very sharply into a different type of story and it's the story that we're going to get and um this is, you know, I'm looking forward to watching this. Uh, you know, the, this is uh, an article thanks to our very own at Tim Dog 98 
that uh, Roddy Cat is utilizing for the story. So you should read this story. But ultimately, um, if you are a fan of this show, you know that um, we are going to be observing movie protocols very shortly for yes. the premiere of Wakanda Forever. Yep. Very shortly. Like, it's in two weeks, folks. Yeah, and I still don't have my t- tickets yet, but we're gonna record. Oh no! That. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting, but I'm gonna take uh after. Good luck. I happen. hope you can. I, I was about to say I'll be I'll be out opening night, so I, I won't be around. I don't know if Roddy Cat is going to try to watch it. If not opening night, maybe opening afternoon or maybe Friday morning. That's the plan, because like the, if they have uh, more uh, afternoon shows like they did uh, last uh, with the last couple of movies, then yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can get uh, an afternoon show. Won't sure. Be that many people, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of movie news, though, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumanian's first trailer debuts, um, uh, and is, as Agent Seventy says, kind of bonkers. <laughs> it's nuts! It's nuts! That trailer is nuts, folks. I'll, I'll, I'll let Roddy Cat continue with this. The one thing I wanted to add when we, when it comes to the fact that we're even talking about a third Ant-Man movie. We're talking about a third Ant-Man movie, folks. A third yeah. one. That I find is unbelievable to me. Right. Not only a third Ant-Man movie, but one that seems to be kind of pivotal in the next phase. Going into the next phases. Yes. Um, because. So and this is what I was going to say earlier before the show. Like, yeah. Outside of of anyone who would have to deal with who would be confronting Kang first, and not counting Loki uh, with uh, he who he who remains, but Kang proper, the last person I would think to w- w- that will be uh, the one confronting him would be Ant Man. Yeah. So. Uh, and this is the story. Like, if you haven't seen the trailer yet, you should go check it out. If you have any remote uh, interest in the the MCU at large, and I don't know, hey, you know, there's there was no Luis in here, so I'm I'm kind of maybe they're saving that for you know for another. I hope, uh, so. I hope <laughs> so. I hope so. I hope so. Because so, we know we we know we're not getting any Ti. We so. definitely know that. Yes, but everybody right. else was there, so um, you know. Um, Hope, uh, uh, Cassie was there. Hope's got rocking the um, Janet Van Dyne cut, kinda. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that and it's very nice to see. I was about to say it's very nice to see Janet in yes. the house. Very nice to see Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, you know, the Catwoman. Uh, definitely. I was about to say I definitely haven't had a thing for Michelle Pfeiffer nearly as long as I have for Linda Carter. <laughs> this is a, a inside inside baseball here, folks. Yeah, but it's very nice to see Michelle Pfeiffer um, in the MCU, uh, aging very gracefully. Yeah, yeah, and we also get some some shots of uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Majors as Kang uh, to kind of round it all about. So yeah, this yeah I'm. Very curious as to how this movie is going to play out because from what we see and who we see show up in this movie, yeah, there's 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 doing some things because apparently there's a cameo by um by a person who, from what I found out, is playing a a, a one off character from a Hulk book, which the, the the MCU has no stranger of doing that and making them into a kind of a major figure. Um, but or a major-ish figure. We don't know how they're going to be in this, but nevertheless, yeah. 
it, this thing is going to be something interesting. So that being said, we're going to move on to the next book. I mean, next uh, story. Right. The next story is that William Jackson Harper has entered the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the name of the actor. Sources tell Variety that the actor will appear in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, though his role remains a closely guarded secret. Marvel declined to comment on this casting in this article in Variety. So, Harper is best known for starring as Chidi Anagonye in NBC's The Good Place. And if you have not yet watched The Good Place, you should. I recommend it. Yeah. Um, he's also been getting a, a good bit of work lately. I know he was on some some Peacock show, which I don't know how many people are watching anything on Peacock. But nevertheless, the dude's been steady working since The Good Place. So that's good on him. Now he's in the MCU. So cool. Uh, good on. We don't know. I think you may have already said it, but um, we don't know who he's playing. Right. Right. Um, but that, that also kind of throws out some people's uh, Reed Richards's or may throw out some people's Reed Richards uh, guess because pe- there are people who wanted him as Reed Richards. I mean, ultimately, as as Roddy Cat said, we don't know. It's a closely guarded secret. Right. Like, <laughs> so we don't still know. Still very well could be, but Right. Given given the the uh the comic book origins of <laughs> Kang the Conqueror. Exactly. So Yeah. Next up though, Unwrap the Guardians of the Galaxy uh holiday special trailer, which also dropped uh I think might have been the same day as the Ant Man trailer, now that I'm thinking about it. So yeah, right. so the the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special trailer is out. That's is actually coming up on November twenty fifth, according to this, uh and according to the trailer. Um most of the Guardians are there, with the exception of the one that you expect to not be there. But who's to say if that particular person will show, uh, will or will not show up going into, uh, as people have been speculating, going into Guardians of the Galaxy um, um, 3. So, but apparently, yeah, the, the, it's a Christmas special, so it's all that, um, you know, it's, it's pretty much that uh, from, from the trailer. Uh, in, with the inclusion of a uh, a certain footloose uh, celebrity that that shows up, which I guess yeah, that was a nice a nice nice include. That was a a, a great inclusion right there. That was <laughs> really nice. Yes, so you know, literally playing himself, basically. Um, so. He was being spoke of in the Marvel Universe, um, the, in the MCU, and now is actually in the MCU. Right. Although, and obviously Footloose is now canon in the MCU. Exactly. So I was watching, um, I was watching a uh, Easter egg video for this, and it reminded me of the fact that this is not uh, this character, this this person's first foray with Marvel properties. However, because they were in first uh, X Men First Class. That's correct. So, just not the uh, MCU, as we correct. As, as we love to stress when it comes to uh, X Men stuff. Correct. Although they could tie it in, they could very well tie yeah. it in. So, who, who's to say? Uh, Benji Games who says uh, Marvel trying to make all the money with uh, with these movies dropping. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah that's the whole game. the the whole game the whole game. Uh, but next up. 
Ironheart news. Cree Summer is the latest to join Marvel series, the Marvel series amid more Sasha Baron Cohen chatter. So veteran, I did not know she was a Canadian American voice mm-hmm. actress. She's not just a voice actress. She's on a different world. Cree Summer well, yeah, but, has yeah. joined the cast. Uh, I know she's more a uh, voice actress now than she right. was back in the 80s. But I'm with you. Cree <laughs> right. Summer has joined the cast of Marvel's upcoming Disney Plus series Ironheart. Sources have told Deadline a rep for Marvel again declined comment. So Deadline also reported earlier this month that Sasha Baron Cohen has also been tapped for a role in the series. So there is some more proof on that, but no confirmation from Marvel. Yeah, apparently uh, Ironheart is going to be six episodes, which I don't remember if we already had that piece of information or not. Um, but I, I'm happy to see Cree Summers anywhere. So this is this is welcome. <laughs> sure. This, this is a welcome news uh, for me because loved me some Freddie Brooks back in the day. Uh, and all of her various, her very prolific voice work. Yeah, exactly. She's a voice, she has voiced whole childhoods uh, at this point and continues to do so. Um, next up, though, there's a report saying that uh, the civil server, that there's a server, server projects in the works at Marvel, but it, well, it may or may not be a but, but uh, it's possibly going to be a special presentation uh, like the Werewolf by Night and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy special, according to a according to some site. So it says here that uh, yeah, this is going to be in Disney Plus's special presentation format. The, the project will feature Norn Red, the Silver Surfer, uh, working for Galactus, um, possibly not on Earth. Uh, in the special or any uh, previously established MCU or cosmic characters will appear possibly. Um, It it says here that Marvel is reportedly planning for the civil server project to be released ahead of uh, fantastic four, suggesting the Disney plus special and film might be linked, which makes sense. Cause I mean, this guardian special is is potentially going to be uh, linked to um, uh, the next guardians movie. Right. So, um, Werewolf by Night is probably the only one so far that hasn't been linked to anything. Um, I mean, I guess unless Chills of Blade or something, and, and that's still kind of up in the air. So, who's to, who's to say what's going on with that at this point? Right, right, right now, right now, it's still definitely uh, in a kind of a, a standalone state. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benji Games Two says it's down for anything Super Surfer, Silver Surfer. Yeah. Well, we we like some surfer around these parts. Sure. Will there be to me? Will to me show up? Or nah. said uh, in the course of the special, if they know if if they're good and proper, they will do that. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, next up. I mean, at the end of the day, if there is a standalone, it probably is going to be <clears throat> about Norn Rad and Shalabal. Oh, you saying they're doing the they're, they're doing the origin a prequel. That's yeah. my guess. That's possible. Quite possible. That's my guess, is that it would be an origin. Yeah. Like a prequel to a, 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 an FF movie proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, because he's already a surfer, and then he's looking back uh, as to how he got there, and then kind of goes into a place. Yeah, that's, that's, I can right. see that. I mean, that's an option. It's an yeah. option, folks. You know, this is pure conjecture on my yeah, part. Speculation. So. Yeah. So, All next right. up. 
Uh, next up, so uh, because uh, Charlie Cox probably wants someone else to make out with, uh, in speaking with the Hollywood, listen, I don't blame him. You know, yeah. uh, the Hollywood report. Uh, in speaking with the Hollywood Reporter to discuss his role in the She-Hulk Attorney at Law series, Charlie Cox was asked whether he wants to see Iron Fist's Colleen Wing back in the MCU. The Daredevil actor was enthusiastic in his hopes to not only see her return, but also his fellow Netflix Marvel stars, and humorously stated he would put in a good word for them with Marvel. Uh, yeah, I would like to see Jessica Henwick come back and reprise the role of um, Colleen Wing, especially mm-hmm. now I completely forgot uh, about what happened at the end of uh, Iron Fist Season 2 because I tried to ignore it. Um, what happened to the Colleen Wing character? Mm, wait, was was Iron Fist Season 2 last or was it Daredevil Season, season 3? I mean, that, that bit has nothing to do with her part, that part, but I, I don't remember. remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Gotcha. But I... I Doggone, I'm going to end up having to watch that stupid thing, aren't, aren't I? No, you don't have to. Just read the spoilers. Don't mm. hurt yourself, man. Nobody nah, you hurt know. you like that growing you, up. You know this me is better that, than that. Just, it's self-harm, man. You know me You know me better than that. I got to know. Uh, I got to know. Masochist. Yeah, a little bit. Um, next up, though. She-Hulk's missing episode explained by MCU director. So, uh, Kat Corio, uh, Corio, Coro. Actually, is it Corio or Coro? I don't. I apologize. Either way, um, explains why the MCU show is missing an episode from season one. Uh, it appears that. Um, okay, come on now. In a recent interview with the direct, uh, she explains that the why she explains why the show ended up going from its planned ten episodes to only nine. Coro makes it clear that episode 10 doesn't exactly exi- doesn't actually exist and wasn't filmed, explaining that it really just came down to nine episodes being the optimal number to tell the story they envisioned. Although, I don't know, I can see why it could have gone uh, another episode, honestly, with the way it ended. But uh, it says a quote here, one of the most amazing experiences I had as a creator and as an artist is Marvel not uh, is Marvel is not bound by the same rules as you know other TV shows have uh, to be 22 minutes. It helps that they're also on Disney Plus, so where that you know is less of a factor. Uh, and the story really dictated the length of the season. And so as the story came into focus, and as we started putting the pieces together, it landed at nine. Could have been eight. Could have been eleven. Uh, and it's the same with the length of the episodes. Uh, there isn't a number you have to hit. It really is best for the episode, which, in my opinion, is how it should be, end quote. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was two seasons uh, of, of Iron Fist. We're just, I'm just lamenting the fact of uh, Benji that uh, I don't want to have to go back and watch it because I never did watch the second season. Exactly. That's why, <laughs> no. you know, I'm trying to save. I, I, th- I think I suffered through those two seasons, so I kind of vaguely remember what happened, but I try to block it out. Mm. Uh, you know, and suppress those memories, folks. And yes, Finn Joan does suck. We can agree on that. Um, next yes. up. Oh, that's why. That's why. That's the only reason why we talk about it in such disdain. With yep. such disdain. Yep. So, next up, Carrie Condon, who voices Tony Stark's Artificial Intelligence Friday in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has expressed interest in potentially making her live-action debut in the franchise. Condon has been voicing Friday 
in the MCU since 2015 when she replaced Paul Bettany's Jarvis after, obviously, the character evolved into Vision in Age of Ultron. So ever since, Condon has been the voice inside the Iron Man suits. And uh, that's essentially the, uh, the, the gist of the story. Okay, folks. If somebody came up to you and asked you, hey, are you, willing, are you ready to go get into the MCU? You say, yes. Just saying. I mean, unless you just don't want to act in for like, you know. I'm ready to be, to be in the MCU at this point. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, basically, it's kind of a no-brainer, but, you know, there are some people who probably would think otherwise. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Kiki Palmer says, I'm ready for Rogue following X-Men fan casting, uh, apparently. Uh, when asked by comicbook.com if her uh, vocal acceptance of taking on Rogue resulted in any talks with Marvel Studio, uh, Palmer joked, that's confidential, sugar. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that the fans, uh, the way that the fans have, have me booked, honey, a line, I got I to gotta do a gig every week. She is working a whole lot. Uh, shout, shout out to Kiki Palmer. Um, but uh, So if we're adding Marvel to it, hey, let's do it. I'm ready for Rogue. So. She would be kind of a youngish rogue, but you know what? So was uh, Anna Paquin when she when she did I was about it. So. To say, how old is she? She's like twenty. Well, no, she's she's in her early twenties, I think. Um, yeah, I was about to say she's born in ninety three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty. Oh no, she's twenty nine. Excuse me. I, okay, I put yeah. her way younger than than, yeah. than what she actually was. Yeah, but so still, she's, she's in her late twenties. Yeah. So you know what I what I would say is. Hopefully she can pull off that accent because that accent is a little on the tougher side to me just to think to hear convincingly. But I don't live. I'm I've jokingly I've jokingly said already once tonight that I'm a coastal northeast elite. So I am not familiar with how that is supposed to sound. I'm familiar with the animated series. Well, as a southerner born and raised and you and, uh, you know, folks can hear me talk already. The. Accent that Rogue in the uh, well, both Anna Paquin and in the uh, the animated series was kind of put on a good bit. <laughs> yes, there are some people with a, a good bit of draw that, that down here like that, but nah, it's that's that's almost to the point cartoonishly put on as an accent. Gotcha. So you know what she could do can't be any better or worse than than what has already been presented to us in that fashion. Right. All right. Next, Next up. up, Doctor Who. And I wish this was rotated to Roddy Cat. <laughs> Doctor Who. It. No, no, no. Doctor Who reveals. But there's a reason why I wanted to hold on to this. Doctor Who reveals the 14th Doctor, and it's not <laughs> who you think. <laughs> that is the only reason why I held on to this story. <laughs> So this in this this story contains major spoilers for the power of the Doctor, Doctor Who's third and final 2022 special, which aired just four days ago on BBC One. In the newly aired uh, special, the power of the Doctor, Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor regenerates into the 14th Doctor. However, the actor who emerges is not the expected. Uh, Nuti Gatwa. Spoiler bell. So if you don't want to know who the 14th Doctor is, you may want to mute right now. And you don't want to look at the screen if you are on. 
Yeah, if you, if I, exactly. <laughs> Although I I just got got rid of that evidence, but it's it's already on there for a little too late. So right. Um, yeah, the fifteenth doctor is none other than a previous doctor. That's yeah. it. I, I won't spoil like, the whole thing, but it's a previous doctor. So and and it's a fan favorite doctor at that. Um. Uh, of the of the of the series of the newer series i should say um so i'm i am enough of a doctor who fan to know that you can get away with pretty much anything in doctor who this feels like it would go against that but also don't know how they played it off because uh doctor who uh regenerations usually can go all kind of especially with the newer ones can go all kind of kind of different ways um uh, and this this image that they're that they're putting out, or this image that on this article, is curious in that because I'm I'm sure that probably has that may have some reasoning as to why um, the regen- regeneration happened the way it is or not because like I said, this a similar type of re- regeneration such as this looks like has happened before, but not the actual thing that happened. So. But long story short, yeah. So uh, a fan favorite Doctor is back for a few episodes, and and then I guess they will they are uh, um, they are going to transition into the actual new uh, Doctor Who, which is going to be the fifteenth now. So I am looking forward to seeing how they explained this. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, hmm. uh, although I'm not up on Who, and I've not seen any of Jodie Whittaker's uh, Who, but I'm but I'm sure sure I will catch up on it sometime. Sometime next up, though. Um, next up, I was Damon, about to say, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, no, no, no. I, I was just gonna say. Interestingly enough, I did not know that you were not up on the current Doctor Who. Right. Um. Because matter of fact, I'm not. I don't think I'm up on. I've seen some episodes of the, the 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 former one before this one before Jodie Whittaker, and I haven't uh, seen any of this one. Uh, including leading up to her, because there, there was a couple of things I've been wanting to see. Um, I don't actually, because I don't have BBC, and I don't know if there's a another. Well, there is a way to 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 watch that. Of stuff, course, but, there's always a way. But yeah, yeah I get it. Okay, sorry, but not sorry in a legal inter- way. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Damon Lindelof is developing a Star Wars film, and it now has a director. So I'm I'm not sure how to feel about this, honestly. But um, you know, Damon Lindelof. Lost the leftovers, Watchmen, uh, the HBO Watchmen, I should say, um, is co-writing a script uh, which will be directed by Charmin Obaid uh, Chinoy, who directed two episodes of Miss Marvel. Excuse me. It says here that uh, Lindelof is a longtime Star Wars fan, and earlier this week, rumors began circulating that he was co-writing a film for the franchise. Uh, now. Uh, Deadline reports that though the film is still being written, Obey Chinoy was hired early on so that she could have input on the development. So we shall see. I think Damon Lindelof has been trying to get a Star Wars movie off the ground for a good while now. Um, okay. I guess it's it is uh, if I if I remember correctly. So I guess it's finally happening for him. Uh, let's hope it doesn't happen. Don't end up like Lost. Oh no. You know how that ended. No one wants that. Next I was about up. to say, I actually have never watched the majority of Lost. I, I, I guess I'm in the I guess I'm in the minority. Yeah, I've watched I definitely watched it at the beginning and kind of fell off 
and then somehow ended up watching uh watching the the end of it and right. like oh, i watched okay. it early 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 when it was like the talk of the town right right and i just never continued Right when they started doing those flash, those side, uh, side flashes, and you know the the else uh, the you know the the, the the multiverse stuff, where I guess you could say, or things like right. that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, alrighty. Next up, um, we've heard rumors. Apparently, there is a new rumor that suggests that Lucasfilm is developing a live action Star Wars series centered on not always our favorite character from Rebels, <laughs> right. So according to industry insider Daniel RPK via the Diz Insider, not the Dis Insider, but the Diz Insider, as in the Disney Insider, Iman as Fondi, you know, we know that uh, this this actor has been cast as Ezra Bridger, and as Fondi has signed a, a deal to star as Ezra in his own live-action Star Wars, live-action Star Wars thing, which will take place after the events of Ahsoka. It is unknown at this time if the untitled series will be a direct sequel to Star Wars Rebels, but Daniel RPK has noted that the story is currently centered around only Ezra and not any of the other Rebels characters. Again, this is a rumor, so... But I ain't one of the so you ain't heard that from me. <laughs> right. So this is the other Ezra that we don't care that much about, but possibly the one that we care slightly more about than the other Ezra that we will... Than the real-life one. Yes, than the real-life one, exactly. Um... Yeah, I don't know what that. I mean, it would make sense if they did something like that because they're 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 definitely um, trying to trying to trying to uh, milk as much as they can from their property. So if they can make stories out of uh, certain folks, then they definitely will, or more folks than they definitely will. Probably won't see a Zeb uh, show, which is that's probably for the best. Um, but yeah, a Chopper show now that would be something I'd watch. Um, anyway, Nicholas Cage reportedly in discussions for National Treasure sequel return. Um, so it says here goes into the whole movie thing, and he's definitely not doing um, uh, that show. Well, as far as we know, not doing that show uh, that uh, that's going to be on Disney Plus. But it says here that Disney has been trying to spend the last decade trying to figure out what to do with national treasure franchise which again uh they, they, there's the aforementioned aforementioned show there's plans for national treasure 3 with nick cage which failed to gain any real mo- momentum throughout the years uh the launch of disney plus gave the studio a new chance to, to use the ip which again looks at the aforementioned show happens uh is happening excuse me because it's coming out uh, uh next month or not next month december um, and says that that show is a soft reboot of the franchise, but apparently one of the characters from the movies is returning, but not Nicolas Cage. So we'll see what happens if that, and whether they will get another movie and or put him on the show. So it says, according to a new report, that uh, Cage's National Tre- Treasure Return could be happening. Um... But then that uh, Cage is in various stages of discussion, end quote. So we'll see what happens with that. The, the National Treasure movies are fun-ish. So right. We'll see. Um, right. I like Diane Kruger. So <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't, I, I've never watched those movies for Nicolas Cage. Let's be honest. I so, do, because you're going to see if he's going to go, you know, whether he's going to get... Go full Nick Cage? Yes, exactly. So, I understand. 
All right. Uh, I'm going to combine the next two. I'm going to pull a Roddy Cat and combine the next two stories because it makes sense. I'm going to actually take them out of sequence in our sheet, right? Because I think one helps to explain the other. Okay. So we have received word, official confirmation from the actor himself this week in conjunction with a recent appearance in a recent DC film. Henry Cavill has announced that he is back playing the man of steel, Superman himself. He put this out on, uh, Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, probably. Yes. He posted it in a video. He, he said in a video posted to his Instagram feed that he is now back as Superman and, you know, talked about that's, you know, and, and talked about, uh, you know, possibly spoiling, uh, something that happens in a current DC movie that is in theaters, right? So I won't talk about that part, but you know, it's public knowledge now that Henry Cavill has announced that he is returning as Superman to the DC universe in a related story, right? This is a little bit of rumor, right? So again, but I Film pundit Robert Meyer or Mayor Burnett, Burnett actually, uh, citing a very highly placed source, recently came out and said that um, the reason why Cavill had not returned to the role was because of uh, some tension between the former Warner Brothers Pictures chairman, Toby Emmerich, who recently stepped down in June, and uh, Cavill's manager, who basically said that uh, when asked by the studio to make a brief cameo in 2017's Shazam, uh, 2019's Shazam, the manager, uh, Cavill's manager basically said, if he appeared in a cameo as Superman, if Cavill did, that would count as one of Henry Cavill's contracted appearances in a movie as Superman, which is essentially how it works for the MCU. Mm-hmm. This apparently was not well received by uh, DC, the DC studio, by Warner Brothers. And Emmerich, who was said to have responded, Henry Cavill is now persona non grata. He's not going to play ball with the studio. He will never be Superman again. And, of course, this is pretty much why Warner Brothers was looking for its own Kevin Feige or some simulacrum thereof. And we're going to be talking about that very shortly. Yep. And I guess jokes on that guy, because <laughs> if, 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 if it is indeed he's back, which he has himself said, the jokes on that dude. Yep. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran to lead film, TV, and animation division for DC, um, uh, for DC Studios, excuse me. So perhaps they have found their Kevin Feige's or Feige. Right. Um, As I said, it's a simulacrum. It's a it's a it's a composite. Yes. So uh, I, and I love how they use the, the uh, Black uh, Adam line in in this article. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe really is changing. Nah, well, not after well Black Adam, but probably after this. Well, yeah. In a certain turn of events, filmmakers James Gunn and producer Peter Safran have been tapped to lead DC's uh, film, TV, and animation efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios, a newly formed division at Warner Brothers that will replace DC Films. Um, that, hmm, 
DC Studios sounds familiar. Hmm. Wish Marvel would have done something. Let me stop. Um, the, oh, unprecedented, no. <laughs> uh, the unprecedented move in which uh, a top director will assume top executive post marks the end of the month's long search for by uh, Warner Brothers D- uh, Discovery CEO David Zaslav to replace DV's of uh, DC Films boss Walter Hamada, who, as we saw, uh, talked about last week, stepped down. And we said it was looking. I'm not surprised um that they were in a rush to find somebody that quickly i didn't think they would find somebody that quickly but you know um i'm sure that it, there's probably some 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 stories that we will uh find out that this is nah, this was already in set in stone before he even left or something but uh nevertheless the curiosity here for me is well i guess there is no curiosity because i think as we might have mentioned before the show uh uh, this is an interesting failing up for uh, for James Gunn, who you know found himself in some hot 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 water for some past comments, but ended up getting double the work out of for from it. So right, <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, I don't know if it's failing up as as much as you know. I don't know if that's the 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 like the the most on point characterization but i understand where you're coming from right yeah i mean yeah n- not because of his movies have been bad because they're not i mean obviously everything i mean the guardians of movies pacemaker peacemaker and the the, the justice i mean the, the suicide squad movies you know have been reasonably entertaining and you know money making so it makes sense right. that they would try to go to him to kind of right. try to keep that ball rolling right i'd be curious i'm curious to see the tone right and i and i, and, mm. and I would i would i would Wager, I'd be willing to wager that Gunn is probably going to adopt a little of what Kevin Feige has done and choose to go with different tones for different characters as opposed to kind of, you know, living in that same, you know, living in that same uh, creative space that he's been in with Guardians and with Peacemaker, you know, kind of offbeat using offbeat characters and, 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 you know, telling kind of, uh, you know, stories that he would want to tell. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I think maybe he's going to try to diversify what DC is offering, you know, uh, uh, in addition to what he would direct, you know, in, in addition to what he would, uh, like say himself put out. I would hope. Um, but also to try to divorce them from the Snyder force. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, um, I think at the end of the day, they're, they they use him to kind of they don't distance from from the Snyderverse. That's kind of a mild spoiler for Peacemaker. You know, it's still there, well, but it's yeah, not but, right. It's not like front and center, right? But as you said, in tone, mm-hmm. there could, potentially could be good, but we don't know. Like, like, there's a lot we don't know. It, um, and what's going to happen? I'm just going to put this in here, so I won't have to do it next week. There's a there's a uh, article. Of course, they were going to ask uh, Kevin Feige how he felt about it. So, right. but while uh, in talking about uh, Wakanda Forever, which is coming out soon, um, uh, and supporting James Gunn's DC movie, quote unquote, I'll be first in line. So. Uh, he says, and I quote, I speak to James uh, almost every day. We have a wonderful thing called the Guardians of the Galaxy Hollywood spe- ho- ho- uh, holiday special, which, of course, you know, they, they, would, they would have in common. 
Um, we also have we we have a wonderful thing called the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I love Kevin Feige for this because he's like, look, <laughs> yeah, he got that job, but he still got some stuff for us coming out. <laughs> so it's like, don't you let lest you forget, he's, <laughs> we still got some stuff with him. Um, but uh, he says, uh, oh, uh, Feige told the Hollywood Reporter about whether or not he's spoken with Gunn since the news broke, and that the the quote that I just said uh, came from that. Um, how he'll have any time to work on DC until May, I don't know. But once he does have the time, I'll be very excited. I'll be first in line. End quote. Good for him. Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, and, and and it's it's Kevin Feige, folks. Like I like I've always joked, the person need he needs no titles. We know who he is. Right. So and you know, this, being magnanimous is, is is definitely right up his alley. Right at this point, at this point, you know the, golf, the the ball is still squarely in his court. So, but but he's like, you know what? Come on in, whatever. <laughs> Next mm-hmm. up, though, like seriously, magnanimous, like that. That's actually like the 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 definition of it right there. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. So next up. HBO Max's Green Lantern series, which has been in development since 2019, is apparently undergoing a creative overhaul, according to Deadline. DC and HBO Max have decided they want to go in a different direction for the series, uh, uh, according to sources. The focus will shift from Guy Gardner and Alan Scott and will now revolve around Jon Stewart, one of DC's first black superheroes and one of the longest-serving Green Lanterns. That's a good thing. I'm fine with that. It's also – I was, I was the reason what, what I would, I would second that and also add that, uh, uh, writer showrunner Seth Graham Smith has opted not to stay with the new project, but Berlanti productions remains attached via its overall deal with WBTV. I would, Oh, apparently Finn Whitrock and Jeremy Irvine had previously been cast as Guy Gardner and Alan Scott respectively. So, um, I'm glad that they are going in a different direction because we've said this before. John Stewart is the Green Lantern for an entire generation of kids, teens, Gen Gen, Gen Zers, Gen you know uh, millennials, mostly millennials that grew up watching Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So come on, focus on John Stewart. Yeah, yeah, get a massive shine. Um, now that being said, like the, the guy Gardner thing, like, yeah, he's no great loss there. The, the Alan Scott, I'm sure there are some, some people who, who, who are going to be like, well, why are they going to do this? You know, da, 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 da. Cause you know, Alan Scott representing the first gay lantern. Um, right. You know, I'm sure somebody's going to make some bones about that, but, and I would like to believe that it wasn't because of that reason as to why they chose to make, but I'm not making any excuses from, cause I'm not, I'm, cause I've said in the past, we don't want to make excuses about people and things we don't know about. Uh, mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily know the full reasons why they're uh, doing this, um, doing this uh, the shift change. Sh- right. Yeah. So un- until we get more, uh, uh, more speculation and let's face it, John Stewart, as, as seven just says, is a lot of people's first, uh, you know, first, uh, lantern. And even in the comics these days right now, well, doesn't have his own book, but is, is, uh, still, I guess he's still headlining that book. Is that book still going? That green lantern book still? Or did it end? I have no idea. Because I don't remember it's seeing it. It's been a while since I read it. Right. So I'm not sure if it's still going on. But recently, as of recent, still prominent in the comics. That right. being said. Right. So. But ultimately, as I said, you know, if you asked people of a certain vintage, 
mm-hmm. who got who who their main <clears throat> Green Lantern is, right? Our vintage, I hate to say it, Hal Jordan. Yeah. Right? Slightly yeah. younger than us, John Stewart is going to be their answer. Right. And even younger, so we'll, so we'll go with uh Kyle Rayner, but you know, those people. Right. And there's right. some well, assholes. I, you know, what I was gonna say is what I was gonna say is you know, like maybe in between our vintage and 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 the primarily John Stewart vintage, they might say Kyle Rayner because Kyle Rayner was introduced, you know, when we were like adult, like young adult comic book readers. I was going to actually say that they would probably say, well, it's, it's only a select few that would probably be like Guy Gardner because those people are probably want to be assholes in their own right. So ah! they would go, you know, they right. would go like the JLI fans, right? Justice League International fans. Exactly. Say so, but outside of that, yeah, you're right. Right. But, so, you know, ultimately, I think that's, I think, I, I think the decision to, to focus on Jon Stewart is the way to go. Mm-hmm. I agree. And not because, just because I'm a fan of Jon Stewart. Um, Euphoria's Sydney Sweeney reveals her goal for the, for the Barbarella remake. Um, while speaking with AP Entertainment, Sweeney discussed her new take on Barbarella, as well as some of her hopes heading into the project. Quote, Jane Fonda, she created such an incredible, iconic character, uh, Sweeney said, and I want to hopefully just fill those shoes and give more to a, a whole new generation. Her outfits, sci-fi, the fun of the story. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, end quote. So, yeah. If that still happens, hey, more power to her. Next up. All righty. Uh, while the Star Trek The Next Generation cast have hinted that they don't, they do not want Star Trek Picard Season 3 to be their last adventure together, showrunner Terry Matalas did say that the season will include the passing of the baton moment that has marked other transitional moments of the franchise. Matalas and the Next Gen crew were guests at New York Comic Con appearing during the Star Trek Picard portion of the Star Trek Universe panel. A fan asked Matalas about the possibility of Picard's final season having such a moment in which the TNG crew would pass the torch to the new generation of captains, noting its difficulty given that the current crop of Star Trek shows is spread out through periods of time. Matalas offered no details, but did confirm that such a scene is in store. Okay. Uh, now we go into the anime section. In honor of my rewatch of Attack on Titan. Yeah. I, I'm going to piss some people off by saying Hunter X Hunter artist remembers late <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! creator. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. Tribute. I'm sorry to laugh over Roddy Cat's news read. Please, <laughs> please restate what you just said. Okay. Uh, Hunter x Hunter artist remembers late Yu-Gi-Oh! creator and, uh, and special tribute. And yes, I say it like that. Come at me. I know it's Hunter Hunter. I don't care. Get mad. <laughs> Either way, uh, Hunter Hunter actually is uh, anime and manga, by the way, because we didn't necessarily have any uh, anime uh, right. news. But uh, either way, uh, Hunter Hunter has returned with new chapters after one of the longest hiatuses in the series' run to date. And the series creator came back with an emotional tr- uh, tribute to Yu-Gi-Oh!'s late creator, uh, Kazuki Takahashi. Uh, known by many fans, well, come on, man. yes, we know who he is. Uh, well, most some people know who he is, not everybody, but uh, known by many fans as the creator behind the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise, tragically lost his life earlier this year in an attempt saving lives, uh, saving others from drowning in a riptide, as we ended up finding out. 
Um, famous manga creators and fans all over the world have been sharing their tributes to the beloved creator. And now that's also including uh, Hunter x Hunter creator Yoshihiro Takahashi. Ta- Takashi. Excuse me. Um, among those sharing their love. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then it goes on to say that, yeah, Hunter x Hunter is, uh, is back from a four-year hiatus and that uh, um, Takashi was also able to put in a special author's note for the, the magazine. Uh, so, yeah. It says, but, yeah, there's that. No, 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 no real need to go uh, any further than that. Next up. So, earlier this year, reports confirmed the mastermind behind One Punch Man and Mob Psycho 100 was ready to tackle a new manga challenge. News went live that one O-N-E was working on a new manga, and of course, fans have been waiting patiently for the writer to share a peek at the project. Ahead of its release this fall, I guess that, that would be next fall, or is it this fall? Uh, could be this fall. I mean, still, we're still... I was about to say, we're currently in fall. Right. So, um, apparently, the official Twitter for one's new manga with Azuma Kutaro has launched... It's t- it's uh, titled Versus, as not 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 with the same uh, spelling as uh, Timbaland and Swiss Beats uh, Versus, but Versus as in you know spelled in the traditional way. Right. Um, and there's a sneak peek on the uh, Twitter account. So uh, fans, even with this posting, know little about Versus, but the first look does show some top some of its top characters. Okay. And apparently it is this fall because if I'm reading the date right, it's going to be November 26th of this year. Okay, cool. Yeah, so as far as the story goes, uh, Versus has shared its premise and will follow 47 heroes tasked to fight against 47 demons. Oh, It'll be, there'll be matches as part of a tournament established by a so-called demon lord, so fans can expect to see some supernatural themes in the manga. Okay. And some Dragon Ball themes in the manga. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, like, come on, it's, folks, it's a tournament. So, yeah, Dragon Ball, uh, Karate Kid. Hockey show, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know uh, Bloodsport, you know, right. the, the, the martial arts tournaments. Folks. Into the Dragon, yeah, all of that. All yeah, of exactly, that. exactly. Um, we're also starting to get into Toy Corner with this next one, but still kind of in, uh, anime, in the anime section. Spy, X, Spy Family. Uh, somebody's going to get me for that one too, but Spy X Family or Spy Family, however you pronounce it. Bond plush lets fans bring home the prophetic pooch. So uh, according to a Comic Natalie, merchandising brand uh, Movic is accepting pre-orders for a made-to-order deluxe plush of Bond uh, through several websites. The cuddly, fluffy toy stands about two feet tall and retails for a fairly reasonable price of 22,000 yen, which is 150 bucks U.S. with tax. Pre-orders are open through November 16th, and orders are expected to begin shipping in April 2023. Now, we'll go so far as to say that I am up on Spy Family uh, uh, from this week, but I did not get a chance to watch uh, Chainsaw Man yet. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good episode of Spy Family, but it was you know, not surprising. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, it pretty was. Much. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, poor you are trying to learn how to cook. Anyway, next up. I really liked. Uh, I really liked the surprise. You know, and yeah. I also love the reaction shots 
of uh, trying her actual yes. cooking. <laughs> I, I kind of want to take some of those uh, for um, for like gifts or something. <laughs> yes, yeah. I hope they do become gifts. Those those yeah. are, those are great reaction shots. Mm-hmm. All righty, next up. So I have a little bit of a compilation article here from Gizmodo uh, that recaps some of this past week's toy news, and, or last week's toy news actually. Right, stuff that we did not get to cha- get a chance to cover um, last week. Uh, so you know, feel free to look at this article. I wanted to highlight one thing, which is essentially the lead story: is that Mondo has put out a sixth scale Battle Cat figure that looks incredible mm-hmm. for the sixth scale Mondo He-Man, and that's really cool. It's an 18-inch long Battle Cat, and you know, sixth scale is always going to be, you know, larger, and it's definitely going to be expensive because apparently it's uh, pretty pricey with five hundred dollar five bills folks five hundred dollars yo so it's pretty expensive but it's got 60 points of articulation as i said it's 18 inches long with four swappable heads including a less fierce cringer fully removable armor a bendable tail and a baby cringer minifigure holy cow so apparently it's only on sale for one week, starting it's already started on October 25th, so go one week out from the 25th, uh, basically going through November 2nd? Uh, first, if it's a direct week out. Oh, first, first. I'm sorry. Yeah. 20, I, you know, like, I don't have a calendar in front of me. I couldn't remember when the 25th was. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, um, if you're watching this live, then you still got some time. If by the time this comes out on uh, the audio uh, places, you'll probably have like a day or two at most. Right. So we recommend if you have not watched this on video, try to. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, that's a lot of money. I, I, I'm, I am a, of a type of a fan for He-Man stuff, but yeah, no, nah, I'm like now the one thing that got me in this uh, in this article is that Transformers masterpiece uh, that is uh, that's down here, which is uh, oh no wonder I don't know it from the train the, from the the Headmasters anime, which I've actually started watching uh, fairly recently, um, but it's a train Transformer uh, called uh, Suiken uh, from the Japanese uh, Transformers. Uh, show and it's available for pre-order for 150 bucks which is not surprising for those masterpiece uh transformers um i don't know if this is in here but i believe they've reissued Jetfire uh for the war of siege collection and that's like 90 bucks and yes i'm possibly going to <laughs> i'm thinking about it i don't know if i'm, I'm gonna do it because i didn't have a, a Jetfire, aka skyfire originally but i kind of want it and apparently there's a Beastie Boys figure from Intergalactic, uh, or uh, a set, rather, that's also mm-hmm, in there. Mm-hmm. So, that's interesting. Yeah, it's from the, it's from the, uh, the city stomping scene in the video. Mm-hmm. I wanted to add real quick before we move on from this article, is that if I had that kind of money to spend on an action figure, and I understand, you know, if you're, a pri- if you're primarily a Masters of the Universe fan, I get it. That would be a, a, a nice chunk of change to put down for a really nice looking cringer. Mm-hmm. But there's a giant Galactus out there. Yes, that costs that's dollars less. A hundred dollars going less out to folks. people. The people, you know, have you I, seen it? Even I, even I did not want to get the Galactus because I have no place to put it. <laughs> 
but I've right. seen people right. I've seen people. I've see, uh, seen people like one dude had it on his like on his uh, lap. I think it, his daughter was hugging it. You know, right. <laughs> or and and other you know other things they've been doing with it. I'm like you know what? I'm slightly jealous, but also I'm kind of with a uh, agent seventy on this one. Yeah, seriously. No place to I'm put like, it. Seriously, I'm like Galactus was only four. Right. I'm curious if we should ask Dirt what it was it. Uh, um, how he feels about this because I know he's pretty much the bigger uh, uh, He-Man fan of the panel right so but well that's, that'll be for another time next up though uh, Power Rangers are morphing with Cobra Kai so uh, it's morphing time well basically here's a go here's it is folks um, it's Power Rangers Lightning Collection uh, some Rangers with uh, a Cobra Kai's Daniel LaRusso um, and the morphed white crane ranger, six inch uh, action figure. It's a set. It looks like you can see the picture of old ass Daniel and um, looks like uh, the Power Rangers nin- ninja um, outfit. Um, oh, there's another one with um, Samantha LaRusso and the morphed pink uh, Mantis outfit. It's uh, a putty. Or whatever the the bad guy is. no that's a putty okay it's Scala putty excuse me so I guess yeah it's supposed to be a Cobra Kai thing um, and then there's various pictures of uh, stances for each of them looks like they are twenty seven ninety nine a piece yep and available uh, will be available April twenty twenty third so the mashup of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Cobra Kai is a thing now. Next up. Next up, Hasbro has revealed their Star Wars The Black Series Phase 2 Clone Trooper Premium Electronic Helmet Replica. So if you're familiar with uh, uh, the, uh, the Black Series replicas, these are kind of like the Marvel Legends, you know, replicas, uh, you know, similar. Obviously, it's also a Hasbro, uh, a Hasbro toy line. And uh, basically, this is the uh, the Clone Wars era precursor to the Stormtrooper helmet. Uh, right now, the helmet is currently up for pre-order on Hasbro Pulse. Uh, what's the price on this? Uh, One hundred and twenty. Oh no! I'm sorry. No, it says expects. Uh, oh wait! Actually, let's click through. It's, I was about to say I was going to click through. That's you know I was about to, I read that and that's why I wanted to click through. Right, and uh, of course they don't. Uh, yeah, I was about to say it doesn't go direct. Yeah. Also, we're not being sponsored by Hasbro, so oh here we go. Um, oh here it is. I was about to say you got to scroll down, yo. There's no direct linking apparently. Yeah, one hundred thirty-one ninety-nine. Ah, so there's the that's why I wanted to click through. It's a mm-hmm. li- their estimate was just a little shy. Right. And it thank, like, um, you know, thank you to uh the supply chain. Right. Uh May first, twenty twenty three is the potential uh ship date. But we know there that it is. also change. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh speaking of Marvel Legends though, Marvel Legends come uh comic based uh, Ronin the accuser possibly revealed? This seems uh, uh, a leak slash rumor, so take this for what it is. But from this site, it's probably a better than ever chance that it's the case. Um, right. So apparently there was some leak. There was a leaked image of um, a Marvel Legends Deluxe Blob figure 
Um, but also, oh, I guess that picture was the uh, cosmic-based Ronan the Accuser. It says here, we've not seen any rumored listings for that one, so it may end up being some kind of store exclusive here in the U.S., um, according to this article. Uh, and they said um, when more details are available, then they'll, 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 we'll, you know, they'll uh, let folks more know. So, again, sure. this, is, this is still rumor, but like I said, this site's relatively decent about that. So right. Did you see the, the first line in the article? Yeah, about the blob. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So that was that. another uh, uh, um, reveal of a leaked image. Right. So apparently, there's going to be a Marvel Legends deluxe blob figure coming out, as well as this Ron- comic based Ronan the Accuser. And uh, you know, I've I've scaled back my Marvel Legends purchasing by a lot, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, these are two characters that are they're not high on my list of desired characters, but if I really wanted to put like a a particular display together, hmm. say a they're brotherhood characters of evil that I would mutants. want. Say again. Say a brotherhood of evil mutants. Brotherhood of evil mutants, a war of uh, what you call it, an annihilation. Mm, yeah. Uh, 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 a display also. You know, store something Cree scroll. You know, that's, you know, that, that's right up that alley. So, sure. you know, this is a, these are interesting leaks because, uh, you know, for, for those of uh, those of us who are amongst the uh, the Marvel Legends collectors, even with me be scaling back, I've always uh, uh, tended towards the comics based stuff and, and, and away from the, mo- the movie based stuff. Mm. So seeing the, uh, the the comic book based Ronin come out is a welcome sight. Also, the blob ain't moving for nobody. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. There is a great scene. There's a great scene I would love to uh, try to reenact in Marvel Legends form from uh, an X-Men issue of Fall of the Mutants. And uh, after the show, I'll I'll, I'll point Roddy Cat out to it and he'll get a kick out of it. I think I might know the one you're talking about. It's so clear in my head. It's so clear in my head right now. Does it involve uh, someone that goes snicked? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you mean because as soon as you oh, said it's that, so, it's so clear that that scene is so clear in my head right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, like I'm sorry, folks, that we can't share it um, uh, uh, live on the show. But if you are familiar with uh, the X Men, uh, um, the the three issues of X Men that uh of uncanny x-men that is that were featured uh under the fall of the mutant storyline you will you know you'll 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 see what i was talking about uh we're going way back you know again Boy, I'm too old for this shit. so yeah I, once again i kind of wish that was one of the um the uh event shows the evergreen shows that we ended up doing because we, yeah we'd we have to cover list, more but... than a few books though we'd have to cover like uh, whatchamacallit, all the mutants had tie-ins throughout mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe, but I guess we would cover, like, the main books, like uh, X-Factor, right. X-Men, uh, New Mutants, and maybe Fallen Angels, no, not Fallen Angels, no. but no, but but New Mutants. Right. Maybe that Thor uh, issue where, uh, where he comes across uh, Angel? No, that's Mutant Massacre. 
Oh, wait, yeah, you're right, you're right. Same right, Fall movies. of the Mutants, I was about to say, Fall of the Mutants had a couple of tie-ins. Like, I remember Daredevil had a tie-in. So, hmm. but, uh, you know, that's something for us to discuss. Like like we said, maybe if we ever get around to uh, doing more evergreen uh, content. All righty, next up, Marvel Beyond Amazing Funko Pop lineup continues with a five-pack of Spider-Man figures, and you won't believe... The characters that Funko put together for this Marvel's Beyond Amazing campaign. Because they are celebrating Spider-Man's 60th anniversary. And uh, the Marvel Year of the Spider collection continues with the Spider-Man 5-pack. Pre-orders are live on Amazon, exclusively on Amazon, for $59.99. And included in this pack, believe it or not, are Prodigy... The Hornet, Prince of Arachne, Spider Armor Mark 1, and Spider Armor Mark 2. We are talking, like, digging deep into <laughs> the history of Spider-Man, folks. There are some holes here, yes. Yes. So, I mean, you know, there are, there are certain sections of the Funko collecting community that's probably of a certain vintage that would, uh, that would... That would catch all of these, or mostly, or at right. least and, the right half of it, definitely. But right, exactly. And and at the end of the day, the fact that they're exclusive means that at some point the price on them will go up because they're only available right now on Amazon. Yep, yep. Next up, um, it's official. Thanos is returning to the Marvel Universe. Uh, this is actually where it puts us squarely into the comic book news uh, section. So in a new preview for Thanos Death Notes, not to be confused with the uh, manga anime, uh, Thanos Death Notes number one by Marvel Comics, Thanos returns to the Marvel I was universe. about to say, you pronounced Thanos two different ways three times just now. You're welcome. You Gotta know love people, it. You know people will do it. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Thanos returned in a big way as the Mad Titan tends, look, takes on his most powerful form, reunites with Death, and comes into conflict with Thor. Uh, in a new first look at the upcoming Marvel Comics one-shot, Thanos uh, officially returns as his next chapter in comics uh, begins. See, I know uh, Filoni does like a uh, Twi'lek Twilight thing. I do Thanos. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. And we don't necessarily go into that uh, any more than that. But as a preview for that one-shot. So, you can check it out as your leisure. Next up. Just in time for Black History Month 2023, DC will release an anthology-style 104-page one-shot called DC Power, a celebration featuring work by some of the top creatives at DC, including recent graduates of the inaugural class of DC's Milestone Initiative. DC Power, a celebration number one, is written by Chuck Brown, Morgan Hampton, Stephanie William, Evan Narcisse, and others, with art by Valentine Delandro, Clayton Henry, and others. The issue will have a main cover by Janoy Lindsay and variant covers by Sozo Maikia and Taj Tenfold and Ken Lashley. The prestige format one-shot will feature stories about black, hero, black superheroes in the DC universe, including Cyborg, Jon Stewart, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Batwing, Vixen, Amazing Man, and more. Um, 
the book will go on sale January 31st, 2023, and uh, be on the lookout for the full January solicits. Actually, they're out now. Yes, they are. So take a look at the full uh, January solicitations from DC for more information. Uh, in fact, we have those in the show notes if you are interested in that uh, stuff. I'm not sure if Marvel's came out yet uh, but uh, or, or other folks, but um, sometimes it happens that way. I was going to add that would include the cover price for the book. Right. Solicitations with that. Right. Right. Uh, Nightwing reveals a full creative team and story details for 100th milestone issue. So uh, Nightwing is getting ready to celebrate it with his 100th issue. And uh, some of his most legendary creators are returning to help fill out the issues creative team. Excuse me. Writer Tom Taylor and artist uh, Bruno Redondo took over the, as a creative team on Nightwing 78, ushering in a new era for the formidable wonder. Uh, during the run, well, we don't need to go through all of that, so we'll just skip to the part where it says the, the January solicits includes information for Nightwing 100, uh, whose main cover is by Bruno Redondo, and it uh, recruits the Bat Family, Titans, and Justice League for a sentimental reunion. Uh, joining Bruno Redondo as artists on uh, Nightwing 100 include Rick Leonardi, Scott McDaniel, Mikhail Jenin, and uh, Javier Fernandez, who have all had stints illustrating Dick Grayson's adventures over the years. Uh, variant covers are by Jamal Campbell, Jim Lee, uh, Jorge Jimenez, Javier Fernandez, uh, Travis Moore, Babs Tarr. Uh, George Fornes and Dan Mora, whose art I love, so I would love to see what what that is, what the that cover is going to be. Um, the rest is going into what the solicits say, so we don't necessarily have to do so. Next up, last but not least this week, folks, upcoming two face, two face, two faced. I said <laughs> two face centric Batman comic will split artistic duties down the middle, unironically. Uh, writer Ram V has created an ambitious theme issue of Detective Comics, which centers on Two-Face and will be drawn by two different artists. Artists. That may not sound too unique, but the gimmick is that there will be a reflective symmetry, not only between every two sets of consecutive pages, but across the length of the full comic book as well. As an added bonus, the, art, the issue will feature art by Raphael Albuquerque and Ivan Rice, two superstar artists whose styles could hardly be more different while still fitting into the mainstream corporate superhero mold. Given their strengths, one would assume that the Harvey pages will be by Rice, while the Two-Face pages will be by Albuquerque. This is just speculation by the writer of this article. Uh, so yeah, the issue, Detective Comics number 1068, is due in stores on January 24th, 2023. And that's that's a cool concept. Yeah. I mean, they've done like split story issues before, but probably not. I, I, I'm not sure how they're going to handle this, but it is Two-Face with uh, two different characters in one body, basically. Well, not two different characters in one body, but you know what I'm saying. He's got two different uh, personalities in one body, I guess. Right. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different way of approaching it. And I, you know, and I, and I think that's, that's, it's going to be cool looking. So, you know, when that comes out, we'll be sure to take a look at it. Indeed. Indeed, because yeah, 165 came out this week, so that's uh, it's only in a couple of months. Uh, 
And with that, we are at the end of the show. You know, can we get one more ad read? Our last ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as their custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10, S-H-O-P-10, for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. And as we come to an end of the, the end of this, this here program, I'd like to thank each and every folk, uh, everyone of you for coming out. Thanks, Benji Games 2, for being in the audience and anybody else who happened to be lurking um, in out there. Whether on thank Twitch, you for joining us. Yes, whether on Twitch or on YouTubes, we appreciate you coming through. Um, or, you know, even if you come th- through after the fact on audio, we, we appreciate you listening. Of course. Um, you know, we're glad to help you go through your commute. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Actually, um, Benji Games 2 said something earlier about, um, what did he say? Um, something about the show. Hold on a second. I was going to bring up. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. scrolling Get those scrolling. message scrolling. Get the oh. message uh, program scrolling. Oh, it says, absolutely, you guys have a great show, and I enjoy y'all's content, so we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate that very much. Yes, 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 yes. And with that, I am Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Uh, no, excuse me. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all those umbrella sites therein. Uh, uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, C-B Cron on Twitter, which is the Cumberland Chronicles Twitter account, uh, The Click Nation on Twitter, that's uh, T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word on Twitter, also TheClickNation.com, and uh, over on ComicBook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. His face off, his literal face. <laughs> I don't know how I started saying that, but you know, uh, but nevertheless, it sticks. Um, you could find this here podcast on the coastal of the podcast network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google play, Apple iTunes, AKA Apple podcasts, Spotify, or the coastal of the podcast network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can also find us recording every Thursday night, most Thursday nights, with the exception of movie protocol and any other uh, issues we would have. Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube.com slash Nation and Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. And yeah, we'll be back next week. We still got another what, couple of weeks before Wakanda Forever, which we, in which we will have a movie protocol definitely uh, we got andor coming up um 
Actually, I think I said, didn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. As far as I as far as I remember, yeah. But yeah, please be uh, be aware that we will be going into movie protocol very soon. So uh, you know, we'll be sure to talk about that again next, next week, week because yep. we'll be announcing exactly what our plans are next week. Absolutely. Um, actually, oh, and by next week, speaking of absolutely, uh, the the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror will have uh, uh shown in actually two days from at this moment, uh, because it comes out on the thirtieth. So if you're a Simpson fan, hey, go for it. Uh, with that, folks, this has been the comic pon- comic book chronicles. Peace, peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. 